Onyx. Hello and welcome to the Salacast on Monday the 7th of May 2018. I'm your host Dan Train. Joining me today, Zachary Burgess. The return of Salah, part two. And Robert Kemp. So drained. The draining power of the sun. basically did between these two podcasts. Yeah, <laughs> like there were two weeks in between last podcast and this podcast have been kind of shitty. Yeah, the two days that we've been podcasting on, insanely hot. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it's actually it ridiculously hot. <laughs> yeah, it's, pro- it's properly hot today. It's like even if it wasn't for my usual sort of like, I, I'm normally at my worst when it has that transition from cold to hot. But the fact that it's gone from cold to really hot. And back again, and back again. Yeah, and I'm I'm feeling it. Like I, it just my energy levels just drop completely. It's funny having a nice long weekend. Oh, opportunity to like get some stuff done and sort your life out. Except no, because sun says no. You can't do yeah, anything. Sun, sun said no. Yeah, I went out on it for a lot of yesterday. And it did basically... mean that you had to you had to do your barbecue cleaning as you previously discussed this is, last This is us. true. I did, I did clean <laughs> the barbecue this need to happen, apparently. Before it got hot, basically. I, cl- I cleaned the barbecue. Okay, that's the one thing that does have to happen when the sun yeah. comes. Get, get that out of the way. As long as it, see, once it's cleaned that one time at the start of the season, <laughs> then it can basically stay not clean for the rest of it. For the rest, yeah. And you have to get rid of the green bits. Oh, it's disgusting. The <laughs> green bits? Bits of it moulded, basically. Like, stuff was growing on in, in the underside, in, inside oh, the drum. So food had fall, fallen down and then since grown. Basically, yeah. I think it was basically... Things were just growing in fat. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was pro, pro skank. Slightly <laughs> less skank now. As in, it's, you know... <laughs> Cookworthy. It's now usable. For the record, none of the uh, actual, just in case Zach's now fearing for his life, like <laughs> all of the, the like sort of actual grilled bits, the bits the food actually touches, they were fine. You yeah. think they're out and clean them before you exactly. put it away last year. Exactly. Yeah. They're, they're all good. I mean, I'm sure a whole it's bunch just... of spores and shit were yeah. flying up onto them. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But I've burnt it off. Like I cleaned it all out and did all that, and then and then ran the burners for a while. So everything should be dead. <laughs> nice. I was watching a, a video the other day, and it had some fancy gas barbecue things that had like temperature probes on the outside that you could put in the food when you close the grill top. That That's would cool. Sense the temperature, and what's more, they would also, of course, send that Turn temperature. No, oh, they'd no, send that phone. temperature to your phone. <laughs> oh. So you can monitor your sausage from your phone. Oh, of course. You want LEDs on the outside to light up. And just yeah, yeah. Temperature gauge on the outside of the thing. That would be much cool. Yeah, that would be but cool. You want though. it to have a little, little flashy, yeah, for it to flash. And it's like, there's a sausage that needs removing. <laughs> if I could set, like, yeah, some kind of warning to be like, your steak is ready. Take it out now. Yeah. That would be kind of nice. But on your phone, ideally. Well, no, because it, yeah, it would probably buzz in my pocket, but I've probably already got skanky barbecue hands. Yeah, at that you don't want to be on yeah. your phone whilst you're managing yeah. cooking food. Unless yeah. I've like. You'd have to have someone else do it, or but, just prop it up on a table. Well, yeah, or I've been really organised and set up like a Bluetooth speaker oh. near the barbecue that will just shout things at me. So, steak, get the steak. Your halloumi's burning. 
I suppose you wouldn't be able to sense that. It's not really probably when you do halloumi, probably... you can't really wedge it. Temperature a halloumi, no. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, maybe you could. I don't know if it would be worth it. You'd have to put, even though it would be dark in there with the lid closed, like you'd probably have to have some sort of, what's the surface colour of the halloumi looking like? Set up some kind of precision monitor to be like, nope, still yellow, still good. Oh, it's gone black. You've gone too far. Take it back. Whoop, whoop, whoop. Barbecue. So, have you got your uh, food in ready for queuing? Got some fuds. Got some classic bugs and sauce. Durgers. <laughs> some Durgers. <laughs> some Durgers. <laughs> got some Burgers and Sages. You can't really shorten sausages, can you? Or dogs. Sages. Just say dogs or something. Yeah, that's well, yeah. people do. Chili dogs. Yeah, that, that's for hot dogs, though, really. Yeah, they're not really like... No, probably, not really a, a British sausage hot dog, is it? It's like, like it's a wiener. A dog. A sauce. A sauce. Sauce. <laughs> sauce. Bangers. Bangers. <laughs> not really shorter than Not really sausages. shorter. Banging bangers. And a banging banger button. <laughs> Bang a bun. Uh, if there's a, that phrase, I quite like that phrase. Bang a bun. Just sounds fun to say. <laughs> I like this thing that I just came up with. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's just like there are certain there are certain things that are just fun to say, right? It's just like, well, a hot dog is is quite fun, but maybe bang a bang a maybe uh, bang a bun is more fun. I don't know. There's something about switch. maybe maybe the H the H sound doesn't necessarily strike me as a fun sound. <laughs> No, it's a serious business-like Break all sound. Your way fun. <laughs> Whereas just you know bees and hard consonants, like a bagaban. Okay, <laughs> look forward to some bangabuns later in the summer from your with some bangers in them. Yeah, with some banging bangers well, in your bangabuns. <laughs> well, the bang- no, sure, the bangabun is just the bun for the banger. Yeah, it could be, or it could just be the whole thing. Oh, call that, oh, well, call oh, wait. that a banger bun. Oh, wait, we're calling it a banger bun in the same way that they call it like a cinnabun or something. I guess. Yeah. What, all one word? Yeah, a banger bun. <laughs> banger bun. What a brand name? TM, banger bun. <laughs> banger buns. I mean, even hot dog isn't one word, is it? No. They might Do they hyphenate Depends, it? I think. Depends People over over hyphenate. I'm very tempted to hyphenate everything when I'm writing these days, and it probably is mostly unnecessary. I have to stop <laughs> myself from hyphenating. Ninety percent unnecessary. Yeah, exactly. Though so nine nine out of ten times, I'm like, I should probably remove that hyphen. Why did I put that there? <laughs> Isn't there actually like um, I can't remember. I think I was reading Google's brand rules at, for some reason over the last two weeks. Like there was something about there was something about Google not allowing its employees to use the word Google as a verb. Right, yeah. Right, like fair. I'd always say search with Google Yeah. Um, as, a, as a thing. Yeah. Um, but in, in, in as part of that document, they were saying <clears throat> things like, um, what was it? Don't hyphenate if you're using it as a verb. Hyphenate if you're using it as a noun for words that you would say either way. I, I can't remember what the example was, but the, you know, there was probably some sort of techie, sort of markety type sounding things that are used as both nouns and verbs. And it was like, do verbs one way and nouns the other way. Mm, weird. What would you hyphenate with Google? <laughs> Googleplex or something? or I don't know. Maybe it's sort of phrases like, I don't know, I, when you 
you know how oh, it's not it's not one of those phrases, but you know when you 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 can be shortchanged or you can shortchange someone, right? Now and right, then, yeah. Or, or no, they're, they're both they're both verbs. Sorry, I've got that totally wrldong Carry on. <laughs> Does that have a hyphen? No, that's one word, isn't no, it? No, change. Yeah. Well, I'm sure it's like words a bit like that. Mm. But it presumably came from the words, separate words, like you're short on change. As in, yeah, I don't know. What, what's like you, the one that always throws me? I guess is set up, right? I suppose like the noun or the process. I suppose is one word, right? But when you're actually doing it, it's you set two something words. up, right? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I really don't you're know doing the setup. Up. It might be one word. I was like, but you are set up rather than you are set up. I mean. Something like that. Again, that's that's not necessarily a verb and noun split up either. That's like these two different nouns that do two different things. But definitely a weird one. Etymology cast. Cucumber. (laughs) It's a stupid word. (laughs) It's what I say. Well, my flatmate is from New Zealand, and in whenever we have a barbecue, she's always cooking zucchinis on the. Barbecue. It's quite weird. Courgette. Huh? Yeah, courgette. Zucchini does sound a lot more exotic. Yeah, they're not very exotic. That's the problem. If they were like no. exotic things, that, that would be cool to call them a cool name. But no, some they're quite of, boring. Like some kind of vibrant fruit. Yeah, zucchini it's sounds cool. like pretty like tropical. Hey, hey, would you like a zucchini in your cocktail? A little cheeky zucchini? <laughs> no, I do not want a courgette. <laughs> <laughs> my cocktail is <laughs> giant courgette. Like going... <laughs> oh, yeah, like I said, not a slice. Like a whole courgette. <laughs> Wodge. <laughs> Wodge, didn't it? <laughs> it probably, probably, probably only working like a, like a cocktail that's served in a pint glass or something. <laughs> yeah. What? <laughs> yeah. Um, then, what? They hollow it out and that's your straw? Well, you just hold it out and drink out of it. Yeah. Use that as a yeah. glass. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I see what you mean. Uh, maybe. <laughs> Use it like a, like a test tube or something. <laughs> well, I look forward to your zucchini cocktails. My zucchini cocktails. <clears throat> Coming to a bar nowhere soon. Any other... Kitch- how's, how's your kitchening? My kitchening? Yeah, your cooking. Yeah, it's fine. The problem <laughs> is <trains> the cooking. <laughs> the problem is not the cooking. It's like having <laughs> enough people, often enough, as in two, uh, in the house at the same time on like to make weeknights. The cooking yeah, because like random nights, we're just doing random things in in London, and there's always mm. you can you. I can't even guarantee two nights a week where we're at home. <laughs> so that makes it a little bit more awkward. You, you wild man, you. So I've got like a stack of things to cook. Well, that's the problem. I can't quite. There's actually quite a lot for two, depending on which one it is. You can't really eat both portions very easily. Are any of it like, you know, Tupperwareable? Yeah, I Tupperware some chili the other day. Um, Chili is the easy one. Which was quite nice. I haven't eaten it though because I've got other things to eat. There's chili in my freezer right now. Yeah. From like months ago. (laughs) Yeah. That's funny. Yeah, that gnome can't quite bring herself to eat because she didn't like it. <laughs> she made some chili she didn't like. 
<laughs> so it's like, oh, I'm already all of this now. I'll come back. Oh, did you like it then? Oh, I mean it. That wasn't it. Oh, right. So you might you might unfreeze it and be like, oh, this is what well, she's is, right. This, this, this wasn't. This yeah. is not nice. But at least now I won't know if it's a uh, skank because of the uh, length of time in the freezer, or just as opposed because to it was skank because skank. of original skank. Yeah, <laughs> right. fully original skank. Yeah. Probably need a few more bits of equipment and stuff, but mm. um, just because I'm using some quite skanky old saucepans and stuff, might as well get some proper ones. Uh, but otherwise, good. It's the main thing, it. like I say, was getting a Sonos speaker so I could listen to music. <laughs> the proper sandwich soundtrack. Exactly. Very important. Although by the like... time that if I put an album on on the Spotify, then then if it's a short one, like only like a thirty-five minute album, then when it runs out, it's actually quite awkward to like start any more music playing again. I need to sort out like a playlist bit ahead of time because by that point I'm like got food hands, just as you were Can't saying. Just shout party. at your phone to be like, "Hey Siri, shuffle some stuff." I probably could. I don't really use Siri. Um, yeah, I probably could. Or I could, or I could, I could have got a Sonos with an Alexa in it, I suppose, and then I could have shouted yeah. at it. Yeah, but I didn't. I guess I could probably shout at the Google Home and tell it to play stuff from Spotify on the speaker. That might actually work. Um, You'd have to get that all paired up ahead of time, but yeah, you probably I think, could. Yeah, I think it probably might even still work. Are, I think there are some limitations with that stuff, like unless you've got like a hub or something in order to be able to. I think I was when I was looking into this some time ago now. It was like, well, how easy would it be to actually tell one of these things that could listen to me to send st- sound to a specific location? Yeah, and it's like with Sonos that might be all right, mm. like because I guess that's what it's designed for. <laughs> exactly. But if you're going, yeah. but if you're going a bit ad hoc like me, then it's like I wouldn't necessarily be able to. I'd have to. I don't know how I would be able to train it to say send the sound to this thing. Because mm. um, the thing would normally start playing it, right? The thing you were talking to. Yeah, exactly. Like I've had that before. That that's quite annoying when it starts playing on the the Google Home, which obviously has a crappy speaker. Mm. Um, yeah, it's slightly awkward to try and get it to play on the correct thing. I I have trouble because <clears throat> I've got um that sound bar thing, which is great, sure. and I can get Spotify to play directly out of that. But Google Home always wants to turn on the Chromecast and turn on the TV and then play out of the speaker, which works the same. But mm. I don't necessarily want the TV on. Uh, although it no, does no, show no. some quite cool visuals sometimes from Spotify on the TV. Like it will show like it's a little bit like watching Top of the Pops two sometimes. It starts telling you <laughs> random trivia about the album and stuff. Oh really? Yeah, that's kind of cool. I, ju- I reckon like someone like Hello Fresh or whatever, they should just be able to put an app out right right where it just plays your music or something and and but every now and then interjects with don't forget the peas <laughs> yeah they definitely could <laughs> i could do with it don't forget the peas sometimes yeah, yeah. absolutely <laughs> would you want it in a sort of like friendly alexa style voice or a somewhat menacing greg wallace voice is <laughs> the other question don't forget the peas Cooking you should be able to select right? you should be able to choose like uh like um Maybe- Maybe it like depends on the difficulty of the dish you're making. Like, if you've got an easy one, then it's like Alexa style. But if you've got like a MasterChef grade, it's Greg Wallace. Yeah. To be honest, they're all pretty easy so far. They do have a little skill level rating, but they're mostly like two stars out of three. Mm-hmm. <laughs> nice. Yeah. You will find this 
a breeze. Now mash those spuds, slave. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I've done a few spud mashing, so that's a good point. I should probably get a new masher. I don't really no, like. We still not like sort of that. We talked about this no, last time. Get, get no. a masher. Masher. It's life changing. It's <laughs> writing down the word masher. Masher. <laughs> Just to go with your banger buns, you need a good masher. Exactly. <laughs> you need to mash the banger buns. <laughs> This is all starting to sound a bit like a rave, isn't it? <laughs> Any kitchen bitching on your end? Not really. Other than, you know, the dishwasher is occasionally doesn't dishwash. Classic dishwasher problem. Yeah. Well it's just like <laughs> some of it some of it is just, you know, that someone else in this house is bad at playing um dishwasher Tetris. But <laughs> oh. Yeah, I really that really annoys me, honestly. Like um, when people put people put things like glasses like up, the wrong way up, so they're not uh-huh. facing down, and then the pools of disgusting dishwasher crap like yeah. get in there, and then they and then the like the cutlery tray has nice slots to put everything in, but people just shove shit randomly so that the well, spoons collect little bits. Yeah, of so, that, so that's shit the one, don't wash properly. So that's the one I, we have to make a weird compromise on because our our cutlery is too like the the, the little thing that went over the top of the cutlery and didn't really allow for that much cutlery to actually go in it. Right. So by the time we put the dishwasher on, there's more cutlery than there is space to put cutlery. So we've had to take the hood off it effectively just to right. jam more cutlery in there. But then yeah, you end up with that situation where if you're not if you're not careful and you're not like putting things at angles and being across each other and stuff like that, then you're gonna get the odd the odd dark spot where it's mm. like this clearly isn't going to clean properly. And also it's just like like where do you put the the bigger knives and the bigger utensils. It's like where where is those supposed to go in a way that they don't like stick up too far and hit the rotating bits? I don't know. It's, I I just put them in the bottom and the just in the just top laying tray, in the top, laying yeah, in the top that's tray. What we yeah. do, or we, or we put them on the weird plastic bits that come down that are supposed to hold all your wine glasses. Yeah, the wine glass ones. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, these, these are clearly designed for the middle classes, aren't they? <laughs> it's just I like, mean. This is, well, my problem with that stuff is that like I can only fit my pint glass things on one side of the top tray because the uh-huh. other side isn't high is isn't high enough, and then it hits the thing. But oh, for some you, reason, do, I'm do the only person. Who... Bits not like raised lower, so you can yeah, they fold out of the way. But the plasticky bits are only on the right hand side in my one. Uh, I see. Uh, which is the deeper one that actually fits like wine glasses and pint glasses when you fold the plasticky bits out of the way but uh, but for some reason i'm the only one who seems to notice that this is the only place where the pint glasses fit so people just put them randomly like like even in the bottom section and like it's like oh man I don't know. It's like that's, that's, you're taking that valuable plate and pan room you yeah it's like the the pint glasses go on the right and then the left hand side is the right size for like mugs so you put mugs there tumblers or whatever like it's pretty pretty obvious stuff. Yeah, <laughs> never I mean, I mean, I'm in two minds about some of it. Like there are there are times where it's like, okay, maybe I want these. Like I could I could put these plates closer together without them touching. But then does the water actually get through it? Well yeah, I know. To actually clean it. So it's like, yeah, you got to make some room. And then we've got some plates that are just a bit too tall, really. Yeah. So it's just like, oh, but they're gonna hit the hit the hit the, hit the rotating bits, which isn't necessarily a problem. They bend out of the way a bit as they as they glide past. So. That's probably not so bad, but I probably need to put those on the edge just to be safe. Or do I go the other way and just lay them more flat, which then reduces the amount of stuff we can put in? Because we, we, we try not to run it like 
after every time we cook and maybe that's what we should be doing we should just run it every day right but with less in it taking yeah. taking the eco stance and just running it when we need to um yeah the eco stance on the eco mode and it's just like oh we don't then we don't need to put so many tabs in it it's but then that's what I always said about regular washing up, and you always bitch about that. Was that more, more about oh, you, what you wash you... up when you're pretty much out of stuff to use? Yeah, <laughs> but that that creates the other problem that you then end up with like no worktop space, <laughs> and it gets all skank. It's like because I, I like at least with the dishwasher, like you can be loading, so your dishwasher you're, like you're getting your worktop space back, like while it, but you, you know, yeah, that's so true. It, beca- it becomes your skank pile, <laughs> just, just in a conveniently large drawer. I always wash well, up straight away. What, just have a drawer in your cupboard that's yeah, just, just for skank? Of, I mean, or if you have enough workspace to have a space for skank, yeah. unlike your kitchen, it doesn't really. No. Or it could, if some of your other stuff was slightly better organised, maybe. But, well, but maybe, probably. But yeah, we've just, we just got... With, as as is usual with us, just too much stuff. I have a, have a tendency to just yes, but then uh, you've got just like, had thirty plates for no reason. <laughs> yeah, we have a lot of plates. <laughs> we got given a lot of plates. In fairness, mm. that wasn't even like a wedding gift. No, I think. that was just we just got given a lot of plates randomly. Like, we had most of those when I was, when we were living in the house with just us. What the, what the red ones? We had like way too many plates at that point. Not as many as you have now, we had, we had still lo- too many. Yeah, you're probably right. But I think we had lots of different plates. I don't even know what happened after those. <laughs> they're probably, at, have they're probably at Kippers's. Like, well, yeah, yeah, some of them probably remained with the house. Yeah, my brother's probably got them all. <laughs> the excess. He, he's very much the, the, the same way. In that, well, he actually he falls into all of the camps we've just talked about, basically, in that he has far too much kitchen stuff. And doesn't wash it up until and the doesn't last wash any. Like, yeah, it's like it is max skank before anything gets done. Right. <laughs> and at which point, there's probably nowhere for the clean stuff to go. Apart from back in the cupboard. Uh, well, I hope you know. <laughs> where yeah. the space is because there's nothing in there any longer. Unless they're using the cupboards for the skank. <laughs> I don't think they use the cupboards for the skank. I don't think anyone actually does that. <laughs> no. Can you imagine that would be really, really awkward because then you'd have to somehow clean your cupboards out and like. Well, skank would transfer that much. <laughs> yeah, skank, skank transfer. Maximum skank. Max skank, yeah. It's like one of the armor modes from Crisis. <laughs> <laughs> if, if if Crisis was about UK garage. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's skanking. Take your left hand. Maximum I, that was <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking it and I was like, I'm not going to say it. Let's just see if Rob says it. And he did. Step two, you take your right hand. Step two and a half, you look around slightly shiftily, see if there's any cops where you're filming your, filming your skank bins. Step three, put both hands on your head. Then and what? then there's no more instructions. You just got to migraine skank it. <laughs> I assume that means once your hands are on your head, any action is technically defined as a skank. <laughs> I guess. Or the migraines. Yeah. The migraines, at least. Yeah. Did you do the migraines, Gag? Right. <laughs> Have you got any bitchings, Egg, or is it time for the news? No, it's time for our obligatory film section. Oh, oh yeah. I was hey. tempted to watch a film because there, there was a couple of times <laughs> where I was like, I have I access to film. TV and I can be like, I can, 
Of course, through, you've got that Now TV. Yeah, dig through the Now TV yeah. thing and see what's on there, but there was nothing actually interesting. I was like, well, I guess not then. <laughs> you couldn't drag yourself to watch episode one then? No. I, oh, I did also look at that because that's on the... I think they're Blu-rays, not even DVDs. So I wouldn't even Ooh. be able to take them upstairs and play them on my computer. I would mm. actually have to use the TV for that. Why were they watching episode one? Oh, well. They just go through all of them. Yeah, we, talk, we talked about this two weeks ago. Yeah. But maybe, maybe this is the lead up to when they when episode seven gets purchased. Oh, I see. We're pre yeah. pre going back through all six of the other ones. They're catching up. Yeah. <laughs> then seven. Then eight. I guess. As time goes on, I feel more and more unhappy about eight. I haven't watched it, yeah. so we still can't talk about it. Okay, that was one of the reasons I was looking at now TV because I was like, "Is it on there yet?" No, oh, no still, I think, I think it's only just come out on Sky. In fairness, yeah, it must be about you. It seems like about the right amount of time since when I watched seven on the same thing. Mm. It's like it seems like it's been about the same amount of time after. Yeah, I should so probably watch it again next week, isn't it? Or yeah, I think so. Yeah. Quite soon. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I didn't like eight when it came out, but I should probably give it another chance. Yeah. Anyway, I was going to say I saw that Avengers thing. Yeah, me too. I saw it Saturday. On Saturday. I just skipped the word on there. Yeah, yeah. All I'll say is bold ending. Bold. I guess they had to because of the comics and stuff. Kind of saw that coming, but yeah. from the trailer. <laughs> but yeah, it was true. I enjoyed it pretty good yeah yeah i think they did what they possibly did the best job they could they given could. the yeah. mess it was always going to be the ridiculous amount of characters that they have to yeah. involve but it does oh yeah it's just it's just the the where they go from here over the next few years before the next one well they know the next one is like in a year right yeah, this yeah, is yeah like basically but, but a two part they've still right? got a year's worth of stuff and it's like yes the next ant-man film is coming around the corner and it's not <laughs> It's weirdly not in that timeline. It's like way earlier. The other one is the other one is Captain Marvel. I think it's set in like nineteen ninety two or something, so it doesn't isn't affected. Yeah, so they're they're not clashing. Yeah. Interesting. Which is the first time I think they've done that. They've gone gone a bit out of sequence, apart from Captain America, I guess. But yeah, I guess nothing. The same problem that always happens with these things, where they <laughs> eventually, when you merge everything together too much, you just make such a big mess where you're just like, well, now we've completely fucked up our timeline so badly. There's no opportunity. It's just like Mass Effect and everything, where it's like, <laughs> if you make an ending and then you're like, oh, actually, we still want to make something continue after that, but we kind of can't because we we dug a giant hole and put ourselves in it. <laughs> Mm. Well, they'll I dig like out it. of that hole next year. They just have to wait for next year. Well, yeah, they've been saying for years, well, there's been rumours flying around for years that they're entering the point where most of the actors that have been doing this for 10 years are kind of yeah, kind of don't that. want to anymore. Or, yeah, but it's or time to do less work. So they need to they need to rotate in more people that can take up the helm. Yeah, and it's, uh, that's what they're doing, though, right? Yeah, yeah. It is sort of that changing yeah. of the guard right now. Basically, yeah, means a lot of people are going to die. Yeah, but those, <laughs> I mean, honestly, yes. But you know, no, that's not really a spoiler. They no. have, they have to do that. That's but obvious. It's yeah. Um, but it's it's the question of how and who. And at yeah. the moment, some of those choices have been surprising. Let's put it that way. Yeah, it's, but it's clearly not decided, is it? <laughs> no. no, obviously not. Yeah, but still, I I I, I bold thought, way to finish though. Bold way. Yeah, it was it was cool. It was uh, yeah, well done. I thought, and I thought that the they actually after like hyping up Thanos for like ten years basically, and him having mm. no character at all so far, they actually managed to make him have quite 
a, a good character. He was interesting. Despite, yeah. He was somewhat interesting, despite the fact that like they had to have screen time for every single one of their heroes, along with making a villain that had no character at all at the start, you know, mm. stand out. So, yeah, which I think they did pretty well. Uh, I mean, obviously, like... Yeah, because he he's played with a lot more nuance and a lot softer than I anticipated. Yeah, exactly. And I couldn't, and I couldn't quite figure out if I found that more or less menacing, if you know what I mean, because that soft yeah. touch can be really creepy, right? Yeah, it can be. He's but, still but a giant was, purple space a... monster, though, like, at the yeah. end of the day. <laughs> yeah. Genital chin joke and all that. Yeah, with the ridiculous chin. <laughs> um. Right. Yeah, he's not. He's not Galactus. No. <laughs> Galactus Although, will. Although now that the X Men involved, is now, though, I'm sure. Yeah, now 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 Fox is under Disney's wing. It's like you know the the the, the X Men can now start to properly happen, and I think isn't yeah Galactus will turn up eventually. Thanos giant, giant, the, giant villains. Yeah, giant, giant villains. Yeah, he's like meant Galactus to be then, more be. powerful than Galactus once he's got the Infinity Gauntlet. I think. Yes, that's but, true. Well, yeah, it's the whole point of this Infinity stage, right? It's just lots of power. Hmm. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Power. Power. He's got yeah. monogram and everything. <clears throat> Bring in Transformers, then we can get. Bring in Transformers. What? Put Transformers in the MCU? Sure. Then we can have whatever the fuck that stupid the planet eater in Transformers is called. I forget. Oh, mate, yeah. <laughs> Galactus is a planet eater, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. But it's like the Transformers one is bigger. You just have to keep scaling up, <laughs> like Star Wars. Right. You need to come up with a bigger Death bigger Star. Bigger Death Star, yeah. I mean, Marvel has like. Doesn't Marvel have characters that are like the universe, right? Eternity. Well, Isn't Eternity the same? There. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but Galactus like is an entity circles. in the universe, right? Isn't isn't there like the judge, well, the judges, right? The the order guy and the chaos guy and like yeah, eternity. Make, make, make uh, powers. Yeah, I guess there are there are they do toy with the idea of, I suppose, godly. Like they use the word gods here and there, like yeah, throwaway. But there are sort of elements of hey, yeah, these are the people that are actually sort of somewhat keeping the universe in the balance forever. I mean, um, the one in the MCU that was probably the most powerful so far, they didn't really do much with, which is, I think Odin is supposed to be, like, way more powerful than, like, yeah, more powerful than it, Thor, and, like, w- way more... Who And Thor is by far the most powerful of the, like, superheroes, like, in the Avengers. Yes. He's yes, yes, yes. way more powerful. He's pretty OP. <laughs> <laughs> and, and what did you think of Peter Dinklage? <laughs> uh, that was possibly the best idea. <laughs> for, for, why, let's, let's let's call him a dwarf, but make him massive. Make, yeah, it's pretty dumb. Spoilers, sorry, but it's it's cool. <laughs> I like that Rocket Raccoon had an adventure with Thor. That was cool. Well, I think there's more to that. I think we'll see more of that pairing. I hope and, so. Uh, I think that works quite well. Well, because they set it up, like they did all the setup for that, right? With Thor Ragnarok basically being a Guardians film, but without the Guardians. What in the sense of it was its a comedy style and how it's well no and and you know the neon style and the fact that it's effectively a space adventure with some Asgard in it it's you know it all sort of came back around didn't it, to those two things being more closely related than than initially thought possible mm. yeah I guess so it was the route to take. Anyway, yeah, 
interesting to see where they go from here. Oh, and I was getting really, I got really excited for some of that end stinger. Again, I'm not going to say what it was, but a bit of me was like, ooh, ooh, ooh. Oh. oh, what were you hoping for? I guess you can't, can't say. Can't say. Can't say. Okay, okay, fair enough. Right, yeah, go and see that, no. if, uh, assuming you've seen all the other films. Otherwise, don't. Yeah, probably. otherwise it's going to be a bit wasted on you. <laughs> yeah. You do need to have kind of seen most of them. <laughs> but that's okay. This is like the first time it's actually like fully like a comic book. Like, mm. this is what comic books are, are actually like these days, like ridiculous crossover events and all that shit. <laughs> Sure, and they can well, just keep. They can just keep. You know, they've set things up so well that they can just keep doing whatever the hell they want, and I'll and I'll lap it up. That's fine. Yeah. Um, but it's uh, you know, as long as these big events are not all they are. Yeah. You know, they they do they do the classy thing where they scale back and do the small scale story, and then they'll do the big scale story, and it's and they're all just as good as each other. So success. They might have gone quite big quite quickly with Spider Man though. Yeah, but I guess we'll see. I, I, I bet that was just I, I, that's there's a, there's a sort of air of oh we the opportunities here we kind of have to yeah to it. Um, given that you know again I don't know if this is walking into spoiler territory. Given that neither Hawkeye nor Ant Man are in this one, no, which are sort of somewhat obvious omissions. I can't remember what happened to Hawkeye. Well, he sort of went and didn't he go just saying, "Hey, I've got to, I've got to spend time with my family now." Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. he did, didn't he? Yeah, and it was just like I'm out, <laughs> kind of. Fair enough. I mean, he's just like a, just a guy with some arrows. So, <laughs> yeah, but he's got really good arrows. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yes, we're done here. News time. So let's wrap it up. Let's go get Bob. No wait. There's the actual point of this podcast to go. Which is? Yes. Not anything interesting in news. Yeah. Still, it's still not E3 yet. No. no. What do we got? Everything's still, everything's still a bit quiet. I suppose, you know, biggest news of the lot is that Red Dead trailer. Really. And that isn't even really news. It's just like, no. oh, there's a story trailer um, for Red it Dead. It looks like a Rockstar game. It really does. Um picking out some details from there. I mean, it, it clearly had John Marston in it, I think. Yeah. Which was kind of cool. Or someone that looked a lot like him anyway. Yeah. But... I think it's... I think So that might be cool, seeing the start of his story. Or maybe the I was start. thinking about the sort of whole setting of this and like the Wild West in general. Isn't like the Wild West as it really stood only like a period of like 30 or 40 years? Well, that's what they say. Yeah, that's, that's right. They? They're yeah. Like, it's coming to an end. But then yeah. like... so. I guess so. In John Marston's storyline, it must have been quite near the start. Is that the idea? Because then, like, his for his kid to have grown up and have then gone on some well, the revenge kid growing rampage, up really doesn't been... make much sense. I don't think. Yeah, because the main, say, that, the must, main... that must be out of time, right? Yeah, I think so. The main Red Dead story takes place really late. It's like nineteen oh nine or something, which is like the West is basically already dead at that point. Um, so it's like right on the absolute end. So it's a little bit weird because like, as someone pointed out on Reddit, like this new one, that this latest trailer says it's 1899, the West is coming to an end, right? And it's like they already did that theme with mm. Red Dead because this is a prequel. I thought that I thought that Red Dead 2 would be like in the prime of the West, but they're still yeah. going with, okay, this is the end of the West. 
which is kind of a bit weird that they're like doing that again. Ten but years, 10 years earlier. earlier. Yeah. <laughs> so who knows? But I guess maybe, the idea is that... Maybe they're not as far west. Like, well, the, that's the, just it. We're in, yeah. we're in the wild sort of east. Well, it Midwest. is more in the like the cent the center of America, I think, or the like the, the frontier by the time of Red Dead, the first game is like pretty much right all the way to the Mexican border and all the way out uh to the desert or whatever. So um I think yeah, um this one at least will be it sounds it's like probably, their their outlaw gang is being chased, right? Around uh, chased out of um, well, as civilization starts to assert itself in like the west of America rather than like down in Texas and Arizona yeah. and stuff. So is, is uh, my my American geography is kind of bad. So is this is more sort of Arizona. Are we heading that way? No, that's that's further. It's still like, quite far down. Yeah. It's more. I think it'll be more like Rocky Mountains type, or like okay. more Indian reservation kind of not reservation, but Indian territory type. It did seem like there was it was a little less orange and a little more sort of brown green i think it will be but it will probably still have all that area from the original game as well so i because th- i think it's just going to be pretty big yeah it looked like from leaks from a while back that like the map is includes the original map but then just goes a lot farther hmm. north yeah because I, I, I you know i do hope I'll, there'll be some mexican banditos yeah i mean you like, gotta have you got, that you got, spaghetti you western stuff mexican. yeah, yeah. I really want to see. I can never remember that guy's name, but you know the guy from the first Ant Man film who, you know, the world's happiest Mexican, basically. <laughs> right. Okay. I, I, I kind of want him. Know. I kind of want him to be in everything. It's like, yeah. this, this seems like a good fit. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> world's happiest Mexican. So yeah, and that's still coming. So Red Dead. Oh. What other news we got? Um, you can use your Nintendo Pro Controller with Steam. It's coming soon with full official support, which is pretty yeah, good. Yeah, when you say full official, like a bit of me is like, does that mean Steam have done that work? Or yeah, it looks like it's Steam. Have actually opened the gates to say, yeah, you can do that. Well, maybe behind the scenes they've got an agreement with Nintendo, but Steam have implemented mm. it into Steam itself. Yeah. So it should work perfectly with all Steam games that work that way. It's good that they've done done the work on that because, yeah, yeah as I say, when I've, when I've tried to use... Uh, you know, I, I can use my Wii U con- Pro controller as an Xbox controller, but the solution is kind of jank. Um, it doesn't doesn't quite work as well as you would hope. And you know, it registers itself as X input. It registers itself in the uh, sort of like the four quadrants of Xbox controllers or whatever. It sort of it would say, yeah, your Wii U controller is one of those. But the moment you then turn another Xbox controller on, the whole thing falls apart. So right. It's like it's doing something behind the scenes that screws with X input rather than properly emulates it, I suppose, or properly behaves it. Whereas the, if this works neater and fits into all that, so you can use the Pro Controller and your all the other controllers alongside it, I'm all in. That's that's great. That's perfect. Yeah, exactly. Because then that means you'll have a functioning controller. <laughs> well, there is that. A functioning controller. There is that, yeah. <laughs> Although, you know, no analog triggers no. so it might st- still might not be totally well then it might be okay for rocket league i don't know because you know rocket league is on the switch well, like, i guess like you don't realize how much analog you're using probably yeah <laughs> it'll be interesting i could just get the wii u controller and see how much analog i'm really using but yeah still it's a damn fine controller yeah so, uh, 
it'd be interesting to see if anyone does have like well i suppose are there any games that use the steam controllers gyro stuff like uh, if it will be supporting the wii that not wii i keep wanting to call it the wii controller the switch pro controllers gyro stuff i mean i think there's some that support like the dualshock gyro stuff and that should work the same i, I guess no yeah good point yeah I keep forgetting dualshock does that Yarp. Yarp. Uh, what else we got? Uh, episode one racer is now available on good old games. Yeah. It's a new lap record. It didn't seem like it needed that much work because I was pretty sure I had it running regularly. Off the it looks disc. like that you haven't done that much, but it clearly works. I think it might be limited to like four by three unless you tweak the resolution a little bit. Someone's probably made a hack for it. Well, yeah. most of the time, those good old games builds or whatever. They usually kind of like you still have you still have to tweak them if you want to make it actually yeah. work the way you want it. Yeah, <laughs> they just make it playable run. enough. Yeah, they make it run. Yeah. Still, that was, a, that was a cool game. Like, I think it has a very strong first impression. You know that. Mm. that uh, sure, I didn't think some of the track design was all that interesting towards the later <laughs> stages, especially. I don't know but... some of them. Were... I don't know if it was the well, the visual design maybe, but the track designs were kind of fucked up in some cases. Yeah, was, they were actually almost too complicated. Yeah, I think that's what that's what I sort of sort of mean. They like, they sort of well, you're just riding the brake quite a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, there wasn't necessarily the visual language to properly tell you where the track was going. Yeah, which I find with a lot of old races, if I go back yeah. to them, it's just like, oh, you know what, there isn't. A- well, like, like you'll see, you'll, you might see it when the revolt video goes out. Like, but there really is very little actual like language to tell you where the tracks go. Well, it's like mm. like that and episode one. They don't have in world things to tell you where. No, is. they just have an icon that's like go straight, maybe. And yeah. then that's up to you to work out what that actually means. <laughs> Which in revolt's case makes a little bit of sense because you know they're trying to make it feel like these cars are just driving around environments, right? They're not driving around organized racetracks yeah. or anything. Whereas episode one is racetracks <laughs> in weird ass places. I mean, they do occasionally yeah. have signs and stuff in episode one. Yeah, just maybe yeah. not. Once it goes into the back, like backlands where there's not as much, where it's not as much of a laid out track. It's like, mm. I'm just driving through this ice cave and hopefully I'm going vaguely, vaguely the right direction. Vaguely in the right direction to get through it. There's multiple paths that overlap, so even the minimap isn't that helpful because it's just a big mass of crossing lines and mm. you're on one of them. <laughs> yes. Still, it's a fun game. And it didn't it have the weird thing where it's like always put your nose down? Yeah. You so always, always push forward? You always have to push forward. It's a nightmare to play on practically any controller, yeah. which is very annoying. <laughs> yeah, that was such a weird decision, that one. Why you had to use a flight yoke? Then that's <laughs> the one type of controller you can push forward on continuously. I guess you could do it like with like a um, a racing wheel, but you, instead of using the pedals to go fast, you just you just have put, that on the, the tilt axis. I guess that would probably yeah, work. Just have it so your foot's pretty much always on on the accelerator. I mean, that is basically the accelerator. The nose down makes you go faster, and when you mm. nose up, it slows you down. So that functionally still works for uh, uh, pedals on a wheel, I guess. Mm. <laughs> Couldn't you just change the like the up down axis onto a different stick, and then have that yeah, always forward, could. and then you probably steer. could remap it to the right stick or something. Yeah, 
So you have up, down on the right stick and left, right on the left stick. I'm just trying to think of how many other buttons you need. And I guess it probably no, would work many, just shoulders, it? wouldn't it? Yeah. Got the boost button and then the accelerate and brake, and that's pretty much it. And was, the repair button, I guess. Oh, yeah. Wasn't there... Had, had, so had, wasn't the boost a little strange? Like, there was a technique for making it fire? Well, you had to nose down first mm. to be able to allow you to boost. Mm. Then you had to fire it, but then it overheats, so you had to not fire it. Mm. And you had to keep <laughs> changing between boosting and not boosting continuously. It was mm. a whole boost management thing. Which was kind of cool. Yeah. yeah. And tied into like the like movie, weirdly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Instead of like having a boost meter, it was, an, it was an interesting solution, the whole overheat thing. And then you could run it hot if you, and take some damage, couldn't you? For, for well, a bit. <laughs> short period of time, yeah. yeah. Then you'd overheat and then you'd just you'd end the engine fire. Then you hit the repair button. Oh, just like in the film. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I forgot about the engine fires. That was cool. It's working. <laughs> it's working. Did, does he actually shout that? If yeah. Oh, okay. That's annoying. At least one. <laughs> I mean, like when you're playing as Anakin in the game. Yeah. Okay. I mean, he had sound effects from the movie, naturally. No. Rather than all the other characters, it's just like random noises because <laughs> that was pretty much all they had. So they have character wise from all those other characters. Houdini. If you blow up Team Toad, does his. Um, was it Team Toad? Go, wee, wee, wee. Yeah. I don't know. Probably not. I don't think it's. I don't think when the, any of the pods in that game crash, they don't. The, the cockpit doesn't act as a separate entity. Oh, One of the, the engines whole, the whole blows up goes... and then the other half spirals and then explodes. That's the, uh, that's the default yeah. explosion <laughs> animation for all of those. Even the ones where the pods aren't connected by cables still does the same thing. Hmm. One of the engines blows up and then the other one rotates. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, it was a good game. Weren't the explosions sort of weirdly cylindrical? Yeah, they were like... <laughs> They were like weirdly vertical considering you were travelling forwards. They were like explosions that looked like they were coming out of, up out of the ground in sort yeah. of a cone shape. Like a, like a Smash Brothers <laughs> move or something. Yeah. I remember even on the N64 version it had some I mean that there was like polygonal reflection tech in there. Like, you know, they were rendering the scene twice, twice yeah. to, to to put reflections on the ice and stuff, which at the time was pretty cool. <laughs> You're sort of looking at it going, oh, damn. Games. Games are getting pretty. <laughs> and it ran really well on the PC version we had, even at the time. Yeah. Um, and 64 version was alright, fairness. Bit framey, as you'd expect from the 64, but totally playable. I think I I think it supported the expansion pack. So you yeah, can choose between sure frames or higher res. <laughs> They have some sort of upgrade system as well. I can't remember. Like, good oh, yeah. upgrade pods. No point. shop. Yes. <laughs> you go in there and, and go into the back lot where he has all the cheap shit that's badly damaged. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Buy a fucking tier eight engine that's on like a tiny minuscule amount of health and then just repair it because <laughs> that's a cheaper option than actually buying the proper one. <laughs> Great game. And, well, great game that we played then. Perhaps there's a video in us having to revisit well, yes, it fairly sure totally soon. To be all like, oh, is this actually still good? 
Probably you need to play quite a lot of it. Because you really do need to get through like all of the tracks to mm. see what that game was really about. Because the first track is real simple. Mm. And like you don't and of course the track from the movie is the last track, naturally. Oh yeah, of course. Because <laughs> the first one the first, the first track... one is like a short version yeah. of the track from the movie. Like the, the child version, the junior track. Mm. And then right at the end of the game they give you the real one. Because they start going yeah, they start getting. I remember some of that. They start getting a bit mad with the course design. Well, there's the zero, like gra- zero gravity asteroid field is the real fucked up one. Mm. Where you're like, I have no idea what even what way up I am. And then at the end, you just pop back out into regular gravity. You're like, <laughs> you're like flipping upside down because you don't realize you've been driving completely upside down the whole time. <laughs> and you're having to use nose up and nose down to actually change your altitude to avoid the asteroids as you're mm. traveling through this ridiculous anti gravity tunnel. That's yeah, cool. What else we got? Uh, I read that Quake Champions is adding some bots, but I mean, okay. I, just to make, remind me of the old classic times of firing up whatever ridiculous bot thing we added on to Quake. Oh, to. Man. <laughs> yeah, what did we? Oh, I forget what that was. QC bots or something? Yeah. Something wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. So that we could just murderize them over and again, over again. But I guess Basically, like there's yeah. the, the UT classic um, bot matches of Instagib. Oh yeah, used to play a lot of that. Yeah, they were pretty good. So, yeah, I forget, we used to, we used to like heavily tweak the Quick Q2 one. The, the yeah. little tool it had was quite customizable. And... Yeah, like the weird trainer around, thing. But... Yeah, I remember playing music as well. I'm pretty sure all we ever did with those bots in Quake Two is it's like I don't think we intended to do it really. It was just how it turned out. But pretty much what we were doing was basically setting up like high score runs. Yeah, where like we we over time we just developed like the optimized route to just collect every power up whilst yep. murdering all the bots that were in the way because they were that bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was just like see how many kills you can get in the length of the match. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like we, over hundred. We sort of t- yeah we sort of turned it into a puzzle challenge kind of. It's like with these settings, it's like how can we best each other? But I don't uh, think we did that on purpose. It was like we, no. we just made the bots that bad and we played those levels so often that we knew <laughs> the fastest route to get to everything and we, it just kind of optimised itself naturally over time. Yeah, yeah. It's like, well, there were certain things where it's like, oh, we're playing Toki's Towers. Okay, like when's the opportune moment to go for the BFG? Yeah, when does it spawn? And then how, how quickly can you get there? Should I but that's how the car? real game works, isn't it? When well, yes. the things spawn is the most important thing, right? And being there when they do. <laughs> Doing that yeah. rocket jump to get mega health on. Oh, on, absolutely. On, yeah. DM1. DM1, yeah. The Edge. The Edge. It's like The Edge. Although it was yeah, it's not that well designed in like modern terms, but it was still kind of cool. It was fun. Yeah. yeah. Had some good routes. The that weird, like, route. Yeah. And the weird, like, underground sewer bit. Never bothered with the railgun, really. Unless you were getting super late game on that level. Mm. Hyperblaster's all you need. Yeah, Hyperblaster. I was always about the rockets. <laughs> they were so yeah, slow, though. Yeah, but the bots were so dumb. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> A couple of direct hits from those things. I love those stupid polygonal explosions in Quake 2. Yeah. <laughs> they got rid of those in Quake 3. <laughs> they were so weirdly animated it's like it, well, there wouldn't have been such a terrible idea if they didn't they, they sort of 
burbled around strangely, didn't they? They were, they were, they were, they were like, like weird mushroom all clouds over the place. Yeah. yeah, they weren't like a smooth animation at all. They were like, <laughs> yeah, it's true. Really odd. Oh, also, that just that rocket launcher noise, though. Come on, man. <laughs> yes. And the shape of the rocket launcher was cool. That weird, like, cross shape thing. Yeah, and one of the rockets loading in, like, you know, yeah. across the top of it. Yeah, it was cool. <laughs> it's probably my favorite rocket launcher. It's, pretty, it's they, pretty cool. They kind of went back to a Quake 1 style, didn't they, with Quake 3? Or yeah. The Tube of Doom. <laughs> And then, of course, they they brought the Quake One one into TF two. Then it's, it's weird. Like, think Quake Three's weaponry actually, in in some ways, is is really reserved, like compared to true. You know, it was one of the sort of Quake Three versus UT arguments, right? That the sort of Quake Three's armaments were either hit scan, mm. nearly hit scan in that in the hyperblast or whatever that thing ended up plasma gun. That was it. Yeah. Um, or rockets, basically. <laughs> it's like yeah, very. Very little middle ground. They all, they all kind of did the same thing. Um, I suppose with the shotgun, it was a bit out there, but yeah. Yeah, you know, not quite so varied, but I suppose it's that little bit more pro. Anyway, quite champions. Yeah. Yeah. That game kind of didn't do anything, did it? It's, mm. it's not. I think it went free to play properly, didn't it? Or so we could give it a go see if it was any good. I'm guessing it wasn't any good if anyone actually played it, or if no one played it. They they tried to walk straddle that line somewhere between arena and hero shooter, right? Yeah, I guess that That was the the idea. idea. But I guess no one cares about arena shooters anymore. I mean, is Quake Champions out? Yeah, I think so. I think it happened Hmm. very quietly. Was the weird thing? Maybe Hmm. it's still in beta. I don't know, but I think it might be in beta. Early access, Steam early access. Yes. Yeah. All right. Uh, hmm. But I guess you can just play it, right? So that sense is out. Yeah. I think they were trying, finally looking for something to replace. Was it Quake Live? (laughs) Well, exactly. That's a weird thing. Mm. Download this browser plugin, and you can which play is basically Quake 3. all of Quake Three. <laughs> yeah, I can't remember why, but there was some forum comment I was reading about something or about Battlefield, and it, for some reason I just was like, "What if EA makes a new Battlefield Heroes?" <laughs> and I was just like, "That would be weird. That would be weird." I mean, it's Heroes. It's like that they they way ahead of time conveniently made the right brand for that genre <laughs> before it was even a thing before they even called it a hero shooter yeah. Um, yeah it's a shame that in oh man Battlefield Heroes bummed me out because I remember at the time thinking okay this has a lot of promise it, they, like if it being uh, Battlefield but with TF2 inspiration chucked into the mix yeah. Could have been something, but then you actually played it and was like, "This is garbage." It was also like to another uh, like they came up with the name of a genre that didn't exist, and they also came up with like a play style that also was like too early, <laughs> like ahead of the time when people thought that was a good idea. A they were trying to do it, but then it like it wasn't a good idea at that, that, that time. 
I know Battlefield has had a history of like having support roles. Well, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about like the pay to unlock weapons and oh, like, the weapons yeah. only last a certain amount of time and all that stuff. Yeah. Like that's pretty much what games are trying to do nowadays. It's just they were doing it far too early before anyone thought that was a good idea. Yeah, that's true. They did the free to play thing in what could be argued is still a bad free to play yeah. model, but they did it so early. <laughs> This is about the time where the only other real free-to-play PC games about were like Korean RPGs. Yeah, that's why it was so weird at the time. It was just like, what the fuck is EA doing? It's a battlefield. Yeah. It didn't work at the time. <laughs> Imagine if it did work at the time. Would we have had Battlefront 2? <laughs> well, Star Wars. I mean, I think Star Wars overrules any like concerns about anything. Well, I suppose that's news. <laughs> isn't Battlefront Two's like? No, haven't they? Isn't the like the the progression system of that game like that might be out by by now? Actually, that like they redid it all and like like got rid of the loot box progression system and made it sort of like a linear unlock based on a bit like the Battlefield games. Where it's like the more you use a thing, the more stuff for that thing you get. Mm. Or well, the more you use a character class, the more stuff for that class you get, rather than it being randomized. And it's uh yeah, so they've they've ripped all that they're ripping all that stuff out and putting it all in differently. Well, I mean they guess I guess I guess now that everyone is starting to determine that loot boxes are gambling, they were like, We conveniently already took those out, but we just have to slightly rebalance because we can't we we were like waiting to bring them back so the balance was still based on that system. Mm. But now we're not going to bring them back because now we can avoid this whole legal problem <laughs> that's yeah. starting to evolve. <laughs> I mean the the I don't know if it's really a cynical approach, but the sort of logical reasoning for this, it's like they were like, Okay, this has gone real bad. What do we do? Uh Okay, let's let's. We've got Battlefield Five coming out in about a year. Probably. Can we can we experiment with a pivot now, and put that system into Five if it works out? But then Five's got to have some monetization in there somewhere, right? So <laughs> they can't fully backtrack well, in the way that they have done for yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah, but they were so utterly pointless in Battlefield One. Yeah, but that doesn't matter, does it? <laughs> People buy dumb shit for no reason. You could never see like someone's. Slightly that's, different that's wooden all guns. games. You can never see anyone's anything because they shoot you in the face and then you die and then you get a, <laughs> like one second look at them for a death cam and then you're not looking at them any longer. <laughs> Makes more sense to have like a full character skin. That you know, the Overwatch style. That's that's fine. I can dig that. But gun skins. Yeah, but yeah. You can't have I mean Equally, yeah, it doesn't make any sense in Battlefield. Well, the full, full character skins in Battlefield are just like a different color of camo, and that's only like yeah, yeah. <laughs> really I mean, that's only like maybe it gives you an advantage if you use the right one for the right level. Yeah, but then, then that's not a skin any longer. That's actual like tactical uh, choices. It's kind of cool in a way, but yes. yeah, but yeah, you're right. It's not like you go in there wearing flares. It's not like pink Darth Vader. Not pink Darth Vader, no. <laughs> I saw someone who had some very wishful thinking in their forum post about what they wanted to see out of E3, where they were like, "Free A, I want to see an HD re-release of 1942 and 2143. And it's like, that is not going to happen at all. <laughs> Neither of those things. It's no. going to be Battlefield Five, which is going to be in World War Two, and no one cares about 2142, unfortunately. Yeah, as much as I would love to see them revisit 2142. It's not going to happen anytime soon. 
I mean, it could. I mean, we can't. It might be next year. Yeah, I mean, we did say when, like, when well, Call... two, no, two years from now, when Call of Duty uh, decided to go to space, it was like that was the time to go back to twenty one forty two. Yeah, but then that didn't. <laughs> the space thing didn't really pay no. out. <laughs> and they've got Titanfall under EA's yeah. like there, so maybe they're not wanting to. Screw I mean, Titanfall over two matches a second time. Make a Titanfall game that is basically Battlefield with Titanfall in it. Man, that would be awesome. Actually. Like, add a few, it would add be a few, difficult add a few, to manage with the mechs. Like, how do you limit... If you've got 16 people aside, what limits are there on how many mechs there can be on the field at the same time? Yeah. And that kind of stuff. Yeah. That would be cool, though. Like, you'd probably have to add some other vehicles into the mix instead. Like, yeah, so some kind of tanks. Yeah. And you probably have to be slightly more clever with your level design to make maybe even like maybe like half the map that the mechs can't get into. So there's always a on foot fight and always a mech fight. Yeah, well, they, I think they try in certain sections of those maps, don't they? Where they like they will like yeah, but segregate, they're always so small, off a base. Where it's just like it's just like basically room. one room. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and if you're if you're unfortunate, the Titans can just shoot through the doorway anyway. Uh huh. <laughs> Or we'll fire one of those like grenade type things in the gap. Yeah. Yeah. Not a terrible idea. I bet me kind of likes the sound of that. But maybe some of them are like, you know, how the actual Call of Duty esque shooting works might be a little. Yeah. Uh, but then Battlefield's fairly high lethality these days. Well, isn't it? So it's... Yes. Yeah. But again, do we actually want that for Battlefield? Yeah. Good question. The more that we've been going into the into this whatever modern version of Battlefield is now since like the first Battlefront I guess yeah since that <laughs> like, do you want that not really I don't know I prefer the old ones three really I guess <laughs> three is the one yeah aside from its janky server browser stuff but you know although it has to be said that like Obviously, one of the reasons that I like free is because it lets me do things that aren't necessarily shooting, I guess. Right. I like doing dumb things that aren't necessarily fun to other people, I suppose. Like, just UAVing the whole match. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. a million points from it because it's actually, like, really useful. It is really useful. <laughs> yeah, I've had, to, I've had quite some, some quite fun games just doing, just mess, messing around with the support options. It's, uh, it was... If if they can if, when they pull that off, those battlefield games really sing. And it's like I'm not sure Commander Mode was ever really that. Do you know what I mean? Well, it's Commander like Mode a... had too much like it tried to matter, but it didn't. But then there was yeah. a, it was like the there, commanding there was other squads benefits. was completely useless because no one ever cared. Yeah, no one followed your orders. But then you kind of had to have a commander to do like the orbital strikes because that was just so powerful. Yeah, <laughs> and the air, and like the airdrops and whatnot. You had to have a commander just to do those. But then the other half of what the commander should have been doing was completely useless. Yeah, and do the radar <laughs> sweeps every now and then to give people rough ideas of where the fight is. Yeah. And yeah. Perhaps there could be more to that if there were more little things the commander could be doing to assist. Well, I mean, again, or... if you're talking about mashing in time before, you could have the commander mode practically control the RPS, AI. Just control the grunts. Yes. <laughs> See, this is coming together. <laughs> Like, like incoming, <laughs> yeah, sort of, yeah, sort of. That's <laughs> pink, yeah. That's UFOs, unless it's twenty one forty three, and then it could be UFOs, I guess. Incoming alien craft, destroy all alien craft. Yep, craft. 
<laughs> I, I can't remember what the sample was that we actually. Kill oh yeah, that was it. Kill, kill them all. Crap. <laughs> because we cut it badly. <laughs> oh boy. Uh, I guess the follow-on from the loot box discussion there yeah. happened. Belgium decided that loot boxes are bad, yo. After they were slightly indecisive that we mentioned before. We yeah, back in the Netherlands, and we were trying to remember what Belgium actually said. They basically said it's like <laughs> we think it's bad, but they hadn't really officially ruled either way. Um, and not only have they now ruled, they've ruled down the hardest of the lot so far. Ruled. Yeah. Being that, you know, the actual practice of loot boxes, regard, I know last time we talked about the, that detail, which was, it's only really considered gambling if the items you are purchasing have real world value due to the fact that they can be traded between other players. And it's like, Belgium don't care about that. It's like these items, you know, it's all gambling to them. Belgium don't care. Yeah, exactly. Or Belgium care a lot. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah. It was uh, the phrasing that they used was like it's harmful to players and society, <laughs> which I thought was fun. Well, I mean, I guess. But if you're going to start talking about harmful to society, then, you know, kill off Bitcoin. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely kill off Bitcoin. My portfolio is not doing too well. So, yeah. <laughs> Being as it is, not existent. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> it's close as, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, that, so, that's that, that's that's maybe that. Like, I guess. <laughs> well, I guess that's that from like. I mean. The, the, Until next week, yeah. Well, then we see what is actually going to happen on, on like the actual legal. Who's going to react is the thing. Yeah. What game. Well, who's going to do what? Yeah. It's like there's that, especially in the Netherlands where they've said that like, because it's gambling, you're going to need a gambling license to sell that game. Like, how does it affect games like Rocket League and Battlefront? It's like. Oh, but you know that that big question we raised last time is still very much active and possibly getting even more important. Uh, uh, is game design going to have to just push away from that as a thing? The more countries put up a fight, or are we still going to get still going to get games that like just do that but just won't sell in those countries? Or will the big publishers actually put up and just go, yeah, we'll have a gambling license then? Fine, shut your traps. We're still going to we're still going to make millions. <laughs> You just probably can't put card packs in Plants vs. Zombies anymore. That's probably what it is. Even though I thought that system was fine there. <laughs> but it did get me thinking about, like, you know, the wider world of games. Like, not just video games, but, like, Pogs and Magic the Gathering and Go-Go's. Things where you buy um, football stickers, right? Things where you blind buy blind boxes, effectively. You're blind buying p- booster packs that... <laughs> Well, in Magic, you get, like, the boosters have X many commons, don't they? And then they Yeah, there is at least a sort of, a sem- a, a, like, a defined range in which the the value could lie, right? There's, yeah, there's a certain number of common, commons, there's a certain number of rares or <coughs> uncommons, yeah. uh, and, and rare, there's a right? chance of getting one uber rare, yeah. But even those individual ones can still have widely varying values, even at the same tier. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Yeah, yeah. I mean, some rares are just way better than others, right? I think the idea is that it's not possible to get less than what you put in, I think, is the intention. But, you know, that's what, that's, you know, you can't guarantee that with the markets on those things. I mean, I mean, maybe it's less of a thing in like Go Go's and Pogs because you're like, 
there isn't really an intrinsic value to those because there wasn't really a difference in rarity. They were all just try and collect the set. Mm. <coughs> and maybe that's true. I guess there was eventually. Pogs did have a rarity because they had like shinies and stuff, right? Oh, yeah, they did start adding shinies later. Yeah. I don't really get shinies in general. That seems like the, the most dodgy thing about the whole thing is something that doesn't affect the game at all, but just randomly makes your stuff more valuable, supposedly. Yeah. That seems like a weird one. Shiny Pogs are cool. Shiny They're cool, though. Shiny <laughs> Slammers were the fucking best. Yeah. <laughs> But men, most of the most of the slammers were like shiny. Well, they were metallic, ways. but not like shiny. They, yeah, they had like they were a plastic black, weren't they? With like a coloured shiny layer. Yeah. yeah. The actual shiny ones were ridiculous. Mm-hmm. <laughs> then you got those bastards that played with actual metal slammers. Well, I mean that was the totally illegal, probably. <laughs> well, the, the thing in, was in regulation the, pog. Well, the thing was when when they started doing more sets of pogs, the slabbers were actually not always the same exact thickness between the sets. Yeah, that's like true. if you could get the slightly heavier ones, that was tactically an advantage in pogs. So, because I think the designs were slightly raised up, up weren't yeah. they? So they had a three Dness to them. So if you got one that was just a real fat design, yeah, like, I'm sure I had one that was like a Aztec sort of. I'm not sure that Super was a detail. pog, though. I think that was like an off-brand pog. Oh, you reckon? <laughs> okay, okay. Maybe I was out of regulation pog. Yeah, then. I think yeah. you might have been. <laughs> might have been a Tezo. I don't know. Yeah, possibly. <laughs> I forget what the other pog brands were. There was definitely pog and Tezo were definitely the two big ones, but yeah. I'm sure that here at least, but I'm sure there were more. Like the, uh, I can't even remember like, if that pog maker machine my I had that thing. Was, yeah i can't remember if even that was official pog i think it was it was the right it was size. official yeah. yeah okay okay but it made quite crappy pogs but i had a whole collection oh, yeah, yeah. that we made that was like cool spot for some reason <laughs> i remember pogs. i remember memes of the time yeah yeah not memes. i remember printing off my amiga on images that. to put on pogs yes, yeah i remember you do that as well <laughs> Because I remember making like a, a psychedelic background of an eight ball on it. Because <laughs> that's what you fed Pogs. Yeah. That's like, and that's like an actual Pog. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Probably actually was an actual Pog yeah. you were just trying to rip the design off. Like, oh, I quite like that Pog. I haven't got it. I'll have it. I'll make it. Because why not? You could make some high quality Pogs now if you had a Pog maker. Get some, get some like proper printing. Done. 3D printed Pogs. Yeah. That's how you make slammers. 3D printed Pogs. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> be ridiculous man Pog what a dumb thing because it was like a pound for a pack of six bits of cardboard yep Gogo seemed like a better deal like now like a pound for six slightly larger chunks of plastic <laughs> <laughs> but anyway back to the original question yeah does, does any of that fall into this do you think or is it sort of just you're getting what you pay for in that condition compared to this stuff hmm. I, I guess maybe well on on from the netherlands perspective maybe it only matters if the trade system is built in with the game like the it's not through an outside agency because if you're trading like magic cards that's literally just that's like you're trading any physical thing yeah <laughs> i guess you because it's physical you just could right? and you, you're assigning a value based on 
whatever you could, like if you if you're selling off a used video game it's like you're just giving it a value or the co- person who's buying it is giving it a value mm. it's like that doesn't necessarily fall under the same sort of trading systems as a thing that's built into the game that allows you to trade stuff no i think it's like once you have the items that's fine right of course it's fine yeah because that's just that's just trade that's the world um it's it's that yeah, it's it's just that element. It you, don't know, you don't know what. Yeah, you just don't you know what you're going to get. I guess. And then that, yeah, that purchase of you don't know what you're going to get is where the problem lies. It's, that's all it is. Um, yeah, because I guess this falls under TF2 crates, like CS:GO skins. Uh, yeah, Rocket League crates, all of that stuff, all under the same banner. Like, but at least TF2 had like an out. Like most of the items could actually just be bought. Mm-hmm. Anyway, we've had this conversation a million times before. Yeah. Let's see. Let's see where it goes. It's still fascinating to me, like where this where this pans out and like how it affects the design of games moving forward. I mean, that would be something to watch out for at E3. Yeah. See what. See if you can see any hints of what what microtransactions are going on. Because I mean, last... or more like how many people do you want just to say like we've got no loot boxes? Yeah, exactly. Because last year we had the momentary. In retrospect, hilariousness of EA being like, the DLC is going to be free, and then it's just like, but we've got this other thing that we're not going to mention yet because it's going to fuck up everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> then they made loot boxes instead; it was way worse. But the fact that they were going, oh, our DLC is going to be free, like all these other companies are doing, and it seemed like well, such a good idea at the time. <laughs> but little did we know they were cocking off on a completely different front. Mm. <laughs> So this year we'll be like, we've got those loot boxes, and then once those games come out, and we'll discover how our, the other new system they've come up with to fuck everything up. Oh, it'll just be you want your pink Darth Vader? That's thirty quid. <laughs> Macro transactions, yeah. the classic. That was the Eve thing. Oh, what is it? Oh, the Easy Allies joke where they were they called them after Dom Matrix. They put just called <laughs> them. They called them Matrix for a while. Matrix transactions. Yeah. <laughs> Was that his name? Dom Matrix? Something like that. Something like that. Yeah, the Sounds old free, right. free, like we've, we've got a product for that guy. It's called Xbox 360. Yes. Uh, I think that's news. That's the end of news. It's time for what have you been playing? So, what Sounds have you been playing? Sinister. One host to make a decision. Tell me. <laughs> Tell me what you have been playing. <laughs> Who's going to tell him? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I guess since Rob, you always talk through news, uh, uh-huh. but this no, time you... Zach was talking, so a <laughs> was... yeah, a yeah he, got, he got involved. <laughs> got involved. So now it's time for you to tell us what you've been playing. Which one of us? <laughs> Rob. <laughs> <laughs> Who's on first? Um... Rob. Because Zach okay. actually talked. All right, all right, all right. Uh, where do we start this time? Let's go. Has there been things? There has been things. Very good. Let's go with the. Let's. I can start with my curveball. The one I don't think either of you will particularly. Is this going to be one of those games where it's just like, why have you been playing this? Pretty much. Okay. Yes. I'll give you a clue. It was on Game Pass. Oh, good. So I'm still working through my Game Pass. This. This is this is a classic Rob symptom where it's just like. I need to play these things, even though I really don't want to, for no reason. <laughs> it's not that I didn't want to. I, there, was a, there was a curiosity factor to this. 
It's something I didn't really put time in. It's an Xbox 360 game that I can play on my PC. It's in the Halo unit. It's Halo Wars. <laughs> I've, I've played through all of Halo Wars. Why? Uh, okay. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Okay, cool. Just because, again, just because I was curious, I kind of wanted to see what they did with it, how it actually played out, what the story was like, that kind of stuff. And I haven't played an RTS in God knows how long. Yeah, and you wanted to command all units. I did want to press the all units button over and over and over again, and the game kind of makes you do that. Well, yes, because <laughs> it's like it's barely an RTS. Yeah, so you're you're not wrong. It is is it's it's got all in in theory. It's got everything that an RTS should have. It's got like somewhat rock paper scissors style unit matching system. It's got upgrades. It's got base building within sort of base building. You sort of have a have a hub that's well, your like base, add-ons. and yeah, and you put add-ons onto it. But it doesn't matter where they are effectively because they just all come. Everything comes out the front. Yeah. Um, and that's all nicely... I kind of like that, because it's all nicely simplified down, and the strategy is in the order in which you build things, not necessarily having to care about where things are built. And um, So a bit of me kind of got that... You know, I was getting that sort of, like, I liked World in Conflict, but Conflict, because it simplified a lot of what I found tedious about RTS, is just right down to, like, all right, I want these units, and I want them to fight this thing. And that's what this does, which is, you know, it's nice. You've got a unit cap, you've got resources, but, you know, it's still doing some of that stuff, but a little bit grounded because there's a base. And it's like, all right, okay, I see what you're trying to do. I can get into this. Um, except for the fact, like, I always, I, I run into the problem I always do with every RTS in that I don't, I, I am not, I'm just not good at RTSs. Like, the puzzle doesn't feel apparent to me mm. in, like, okay, here's how I have to solve this. And I think this does a, doesn't do a particularly great job at explaining how its systems do its stuff. Like, this is what you should use in this scenario. So I basically end up just falling back on the, oh, God, I need money. I need money right now. Get me as much money as I can mm. uh, because I want to build all the things. Um, and so I end up doing what I often do in, in RTS, which is just, yeah, focus on that, turtle up, get loads of cash, then build, then build a big army, and then just see if I can walk it in one push. Um, right, because you, you don't really need to worry always... about the tactical strategy because you've won the economy at that point. Yeah, kind of. And it's like, that's fine. That's a way to play it. But it's kind of what I always, always do. Yeah. And I don't, I don't necessarily find that all that interesting That's anymore. how stories RTS has always worked. It's like only multiplayer is where, the, where actual tactics yeah. become a thing. Because in stories, it's just you're playing against AI and pretty much all you have to do is just build more stuff that they have. Yeah. <laughs> Which again was was like that with again world in conflict. I thought did brilliantly. Everyone always has the same resources resource pool. Yeah, and it's right. about how you use it at the, in in the given moments that made all the difference. Which therefore makes got... it hard if you're bad at RTS like me. Uh-huh. Yeah, <laughs> and, then, and then in the story of world in conflict, it was much more precisely designed. Yeah, it was like you only had certain numbers of units and. Occasionally, it did give you the reinforcement point system to deploy your own stuff, but. It was more like you, the enemies were very specifically set up and you had a specific set of units and you, you need to use these units in a certain way to do a certain thing. Which kind of taught you yeah. some some of what you would need later on. It's like, yeah, it wasn't the same thing. It was, it, it was definitely not the same thing as how the multiplayer worked, but at least you got a feel for kind of like, okay, these units are good in this scenario, these units are good, these, these units have this ability. 
that they can do this thing. And I think Halo Wars is actually really kind of bad at telling you that stuff. You, you just sort of, as the levels go on, you'll occasionally notice, oh, there's a new icon here. I can now do this thing. Hmm. But what does this do? What, what the hell is a Cyclops? Oh, it's a healer unit that looks like a mech? Okay, why not? Um, uh, yeah, there's, there's, there's some... There's some oddities there, and they could have done a way better job. And I think that's also like true of the story elements as well. Because again, I did the world in conflict comparison in my head was just like, okay, that was a, an RTS that I thought told its story really well, and it played into how the missions worked and how you went from area to area and what you were doing. It all felt cohesive. Whereas here, it's just sort of like they don't necessarily have that many good ideas about what the mission structure should be to mix things up. It's like you can you can you could go wild in the campaign, really, but a lot a lot of the especially a lot of the ending missions just basically boil down to, hey, build a base, go blow up the next base, then build another base there so you can build more stuff, and then blow up the next ones and just keep going. And that's like that's what the last three or four missions are basically. It's just like just just keep going, just build stuff and go. Well, it's because like in the, they needed to come up with slightly more like complex stuff for the because when you're playing regular Halo games and you're in this war zone it does does just seem like the units smashing into each other continuously it's just like there doesn't seem to be any tactics to the Halo fights in Halo well in in fairness if you want to see like two armies just mash into each other it does a pretty good job of that (laughs) you know it looks you know for a 360 game you know it's got to be said said this this is you know it's aged a bit now but if you just had like the size of the armies you could throw against each other, and because the camera is by default quite zoomed in, it's like you know it looks pretty decent. Everything sort of thing, even plasma grenades and stuff like that will do the thing where they stick to things, give a little bit of a blue glow around them, and then explode with a delay and things like that. It's it's pretty well done that whole like if you want that, you know does a does a what a Halo big battle might <laughs> might look like, but that is all they had to work on. Yeah, by default. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they had to come up with like the idea. The idea of tactics in the Halo universe doesn't naturally occur to you when you're just playing the FPSs. No, so 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 <laughs> no, definitely not. So they, they have had to think of you know that's why there are new units. That's why there are yeah. new variants. That's why um, uh, yeah, the bases exist as a thing. <laughs> you know, it's a. And and for the most part, I think their creativity is, is is positive. You know, it's like the warthogs have a have a most most, uh, most vehicles have like a special ability. So the warthogs are like you can instead of just straight up attacking things, you can tell the warthogs to ram the thing, which is clearly effective against. It's like force move from C and C, I suppose, um, which is oh, clearly yeah. effective against against infantry. Um, uh, your infant your infantry will carry grenades that you can use their special ability to chuck their grenades at things, so they can get a bit of a lob on and excuse the phrase, um, and actually get it over barriers and things like that. Um, you know, you've, got, you've got new units, the Cobras, that can lock themselves down and become siege tanks in a way, have, have better firing shots. So all that stuff exists. But it's kind of... Because it was designed for console, some of that stuff isn't quite as easy to access as perhaps it should be. Right. So it's like if you've got like a large group of people selected, like if you've all units... And you've got the massive thing. You can press R, like R, to do special ability. I'm, I'm playing it on PC. Should be naked. So yeah, if you're pressing R to use your special on a thing, you're not really sure which unit is going to do it special on that thing because you've got the whole group selected. And it's like, yeah, okay, you could mouse wheel through the 
what you've got selected to select a specific group. And if you know what their ability is, you could press R to do that. Except, as I said, the game's not very good at telling you what the abilities are that your units have or teaching you what those what those abilities are. So there are moments where it's just like, oh, I, should, I hope I've got the right one. <laughs> um, and I just wasn't very good at that. So you just end up not. You just end up doing like the, the, the classic CNC thing of like, I've got units. I'm telling them to go to this thing. Which then leads me to the next problem, and I think the pathfinding is kind of rubbish. Oh no! And how the units actually get around—it's like they don't like if you they get in each other's way, which is frequently very annoying. It's like okay, this guy's about to die. I need to—I'm going I'm to try and be smart and pull this one unit to the back of the formation, uh, but all well, the tanks are in the way and they won't get out of the way, and there's no like pass-through physics or anything like that. But they just—they're not smart enough to get out of the way. They're not a, so that's which is mildly forgivable. But when you've got like <laughs> some covenant on the other side of a barrier, which you could easily go around, and you've got infantry the up in front of the barrier, and you say, "Okay, attack those guys," and they just stand there because <laughs> they're like they walk up to the barrier and are like, "We can't see them. We can't can't do it." And you're like, "Just go around, mate." <laughs> and so, and you have to manually put a move order in on one side of the barrier, and then they go around it, they go to that side, and then it's like, "Now we'll try and attack," and they're like, "Oh yeah." Oh, I got it now. Yeah, there, there are moments like that where it's just like, oh, come on, seriously. Or like where, you, where I'd want a little bit more control of how a unit got to a place. You know, like I really would like a, like a waypoint system to be able to say, okay, I need you to go around this route to get to this thing, please, rather than being able to just click go there. I need to define, right, I want you to go around this thing so you don't get killed to hell on your way there, please. And of course, like there's no way of doing that. You have to micromanage that process, whilst you've probably got other things to deal with going on at the same time. Um, and on the console, I'm not 100 percent sure how you would do that efficiently. On the PC, at least, you can do the trick of clicking the mini map and and skipping about. But obviously, that wasn't a thing on the console. You'd have to like scroll around, and um, and I assume there were button shortcuts to go back to base, or maybe and things like that. But so there were just things like that where it just feels a little bit unpolished, like they hadn't learned the lessons from World in Conflict or games that had come like 10 years prior. <laughs> um, uh, and all in all, it's, it's sort of okay, is what I, is what I mean to say with right. all of this. Yeah. It's, it's, like, it's, it's, it's kind of fine, but it highlight, it's, it's basically reminding me, like, yeah, okay, I'm not, I'm not good at RTS. I don't, even though it was a bit of a breeze playing it in normal mode, um, not heroic or legendary, just played it in normal. And it's like, yeah, even though it was a bit of a breeze to go through, it was just like, oh, okay, I sort of realized I don't really care about the tactics all that much. <laughs> I'm just not that, that way wired, or at least the game hasn't made me care about the tactics. Um, yeah. And that just, you know, there, there probably could have been just a little bit more effort put into various places and you might have been onto something here. Which is why I'm now somewhat interested in what Halo Wars 2 does. Right. Because that's also on Game Pass. Well, um, that's creative assembly, isn't it? So a totally different dev, isn't it? Yeah, it's not it's not Ensemble Studios this time. Um who I think were the Age of Empires guys, is that right? Yeah, I think so, yeah. Um yeah, so I want to see how that pans out, see if it plays out differently. It's probably more complex if it's creative assembly. And obviously this one was designed with PC in mind, whereas the first one was basically just a port of the 360 version. Um, although it's got to be console-friendly as well. So, you know, it, it, could, it, could, it could be more interesting. Um, also, they bloody well just needed to add a camera zoom. 
it's like there's an option in the menu that seems to set that's, that's called default zoom level, and as, as far as I can tell, it does nothing. Um, and there's no like camera control to zoom in and out. You can rotate the world around you, but there are just some levels where the zoom is so close. And it's like, yeah, that's probably a decision they took mm. for the console version. Yeah. But the fact that I have no control of that on PC is quite irritating. Yeah, that's annoying. I like to play it usually a little bit more zoomed out than. Yeah. I would have liked it quite a lot more zoomed out. <laughs> like um, Company of Heroes type thing. Mm. Usually zoom out a little. That game yeah. was pretty good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Company of Heroes was, was yeah, good fun. Uh, yeah, so all in all, not bad. Not bad. Not not a total waste of time. <laughs> That's Rob's quote for the, for yeah. the box. If, you, if you're looking for something to do with your Game Pass, it's not a total waste of time. Not a total waste of time. Raves. Robert Kemp of the yeah. cast. I don't, I don't know. I'm tempted to play some of the skirmishes because like, I haven't really played it as the Covenant at all, and you can because of the multiplayer stuff. Um, uh, so I might do a bit of that. Um, and also the game was relatively stingy with achievements. Like I've only got 175 having played through the campaign, so it's like maybe I'll do a couple of the harder levels, see, see how that pans out. Um, mm. Maybe the strategy will become necessary as you up, up the difficulty. Or is it like old RTSs of old where there's like this particular level, there's only one way you're going to succeed. Um, but it's just an arbitrary way rather than a puzzle. If it's that, then I'm then I'm out, not interested. Um, I think I want my strategy games to have a little bit more than that. Like, But then yeah. at the same time, I don't care. <laughs> it's, it's weird. It's weird. I want more, but I don't care. Fair enough. Uh, so there was that. That was my curveball. What about uh, your straight? The ball that goes straight that doesn't curve. Uh, put some more time in with my, in my multiplayer games. I suppose I played a bit more Splatoon too because Splatfest was on. Mm-hmm. Um, I, guess, I guess the weird thing there was that this was a sponsored Splatfest. <laughs> They're doing like a which is the best Ninja Turtle thing. Oh, weird. Yeah, that's quite weird. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't feel good about it. Why is there like a Ninja Turtle movie coming out or something? Well, it's the, Just new, the cartoon. new cartoon series, yeah. Oh, okay. Um, is that a so yeah, CGI so cartoon series? Or? I can't remember if it's CGI actually. Or is it like? It looks like it might be like one of those semi-computer generated, like you know, Somewhere light like animation, but it's clearly not hand animation. Oh, I see what you mean, like sort <laughs> sort of flash animated yeah. a little bit, yeah. yeah. Not Adventure Time. Man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so it's, yeah, so they're sort of doing that, and it's like it's worse than that because it's going to be like the next like two Splatfests are going to be this as well as a sort of tournament. Is like because obviously there's four turtles, so they have to do two one on one, a one on one, and then the winners of those go forth to another to a final one on one to decide who the best turtle is. Yeah. So it's like, like what I don't know is, are they going to run some these Splatfests close together? And it's like, okay, cool, we'll get more, 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 more sea snails. I'm up for that. Um, but if it's like the next two months of Splatfests, it's just going to be those. Then it's like, mm-hmm. that's way less interesting. <laughs> but who cares what the votes are for? I know, but yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're. I'm playing for the snails, but there's a certain amount of like, come on, Team Mayo. <laughs> I guess. At least, the, at least the turtles have interesting colours. Sure. It's not like yellow versus white when it was the eggs. Oh, man. Like, that yeah. was kind of skank. That was, that was skank. 
Also, uh, Shifty Station wasn't so interesting this time. Well, it's, you know, sometimes it isn't, sometimes it isn't. Yeah, there was just like, it had like a load of blocks in the middle that could like raise or lower at random points in the match. Mm. And it was, it was fine. Um, not terrible. Uh, I do kind of like their like Shifty Sand experiments. It's, it'll be interesting if more of those came back as like either regular levels or interesting if they made actual levels yeah rather than remaking levels so yeah well they did uh, there, uh, there was one that i hadn't played which has been in, it's probably been in there for a while now but goby arena mm. just uh, had had never seen it in rotation and that's that's an interesting level because it's like a basketball stadium that's been turned into one into a uh, <laughs> uh they call it a turf war level and so it's got but it's actually weird because it's got like more the the central arena is quite a big open space hmm. um a little bit like the you know was it the college level has that sort of large courtyard yeah it's it's, it's sort of reminiscent of that but perhaps with the verticality sort of inverted in some ways hmm. um so it's yeah it's interesting it plays quite differently like it, it encouraged me not to use my usual strategy and actually go for some longer range weapons um because it was coming up a lot um yeah, so it was interesting. I had to mix up my style. Anyway, Splatoon's still amazing. Um, can't wait for that Octo expansion. <laughs> well, they added more music as well, but of course I couldn't hear it because Splatfest was on. Yeah. Um, uh, caught up with Overwatch a little bit. Tried out oh, yeah. some of the some of the new was it the the new hero Bridget played a little bit as her. Um, yeah, she's actually pretty good. It's like it's weird because I thought she would kind of just be a not as effective Reinhardt or a not as effective Torbjorn or sort of because she is kind of just that. She's sort of in the middle between a lot of characters. Um, and yeah, it turns out she's actually pretty damn effective. <laughs> pretty, pretty useful with her tiny little shield so she can protect herself. But that's also acts as like a shield bash to push. She's got a lot of, pu- she's got more push abilities, I think, than a lot of characters do. So you can sort of use her, her stuff to sort of create distance, which is, often somewhat unusual. A lot of the characters like to pull stuff towards or uh, things like that. There seems to be more and more of these moves, actually, from a lot of the characters they're adding, that it seemed to be positional, like things causing other players to be moved by things. Uh, Because maybe that's an easier thing to think of than actual weapons. I don't know. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, that game remains okay. Um... The event they did that I probably should have talked about last time because it was running out last time was another sort of single player co-op-y thing. Like, uh, here's a scenario. Get to the end, like work your way through the level, killing everything in the way. If you make it, hooray. Um, Not all that interesting, but it obviously required work. And then that became a new level. As it turns out, that that the, the setting they were they did for that has become a new map. So yeah, they're still adding stuff to that game. It's good, yeah, you know, good. Keep, keep well, adding stuff. It's still yeah. good. I'm sure they they will, right? I still, I, I don't think they've really made any mistakes thus far, really. Which is the thing. It's like all their levels have seen. I mean, you know, the the competitive scene and people who are really really into their Overwatch will obviously have the classic fights about what characters yeah. need buffs and nerfs. And yeah, I heard Hanzo got got a bit of a got a bit of a buff recently and things like that. And uh, you know, but I don't think they've ever really put a foot wrong with that game. It's like, yeah, Mercy's not as fun to play now as she used to be, but whatevs, that game's still a riot. It's a riot. Restart. It's a riot. 
Get into it. Uh, Get into it, Zach. <laughs> yeah, you're damn well should. Uh, Any more single player? Uh, I don't know. I might. I might. What was I playing before Halo Wars? What did I? I must have. I must have been playing something to have finished. <laughs> then start rhyme. playing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I talked talk about, about rhyme. So talk that's about it. Rhyme. Yeah. Maybe that. Maybe that is it. Maybe I just had a week of basically doing nothing. I, I'm. Just, <laughs> I basically played Halo Wars in the entire last week. Yeah. I must have been doing something, or maybe I was just playing multiplayer games. I don't know. We're playing a lot of Rocket League, I guess. Not that much. Oh, yeah, I, I will yield for now. <laughs> yield. Right, so someone has to take up the yielded floor. It's time for you, Zeg. Yeah. Uh, Unless you don't want to. <laughs> well, I, mean, I was thinking what I have when you're playing. Uh, Starbound. Well, yeah, that was the main, the main thing that was changed. Basically... We moved on from modern Factorio to modern Starbound. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Which is not as complicated, but still pretty complicated with the amount of shit it adds to Starbound. Although the trouble with it is it maybe makes it not run very well. Hmm. I don't think that game ever did run that well, considering what it was. But sometimes I feel like... I mean, maybe this is just because I haven't played Starbound for a long time, so I don't remember whether it was this bad or what things were bad before. But it certainly seems like there's certain things that where it's like this is not running great. Like my ship in in this most recent thing, uh, we we're using a mod that lets you build your own ship, which basically instead of having the ship that upgrades in stages like it used to be, mm. you now it now just turns the ship into like just a regular map, so you can just place blocks. Oh, okay, and just build it yourself. Mm. And okay. that seems to run quite badly. Like my ship is kind of framey now for some mm. reason that I can't really figure out. It's not even like there's that many blocks or anything, or I've done anything particularly fancy. It just doesn't seem to run that good hmm. for no particular reason. And there's a couple of other things where, like, I I had this container on my ship that every time I opened it, it lagged up. Well, not when I opened it. When I put things in or took things out of it, it lagged up real bad. Like, it just hitched. And I was like, what is doing that? And I eventually narrowed it down to, to be, like, for some reason, if you put mech parts in a container that makes it lag whenever you interact with anything in that container. Weird. I was like, okay, I'll put those in a separate box then, so I don't, don't have to worry about... This is my lag box. Yeah, this is the lag box. <laughs> <laughs> and then another one where it's just like, for some reason, if I... Cra- whenever the first time I craft any of the moderate, like, advanced... Well, not really advanced resources exactly, because it's still some some of the base game resources, but resources beyond a certain point in the tech tree, I guess... Whenever I craft any, the first time I craft any of them in a furnace, it hitches as well for no reason. <laughs> but only on the first one. Like if I go in there and I'm like, okay, I need to do a stack of 30 titanium, you cra- click craft, the crafting bar fills up to the first one, then it hitches, and then it's fine after that. <laughs> it's just like, why? Why does that do that every time? Weird. And only for like the slightly higher tiered resources. Like if you're doing iron or copper, it's totally fine. <laughs> it's only once you hit like titanium grade, then it gets weird. I suspect it's probably because, like, the mod, the way Starbound works with, like, recipes is when you pick up an item for the first time that's used in a subsequent recipe, you unlock the recipes. And I think maybe what it's doing is, like, it's checking for recipes that I haven't unlocked yet every time I craft one of those items. 
like the titanium is going into inventory and then it's doing this it, in the background it's doing some right. kind of recipe check to okay. see what i can theoretically what recipes i haven't unlocked yet or whatever yeah okay that might rely on that. other resources that i haven't picked up so they can't be unlocked if i haven't seen those other resources or yeah whatever. so it's sort of yeah it's sort of checking what what to show you effectively yeah i don't know that might be it but that's just my idea that's like like the only thing i can think of that would be causing that weirdly specific lag mm. it's very strange but yeah, apart from that, it's again. It's been a long time since I played Starbound, so I like I don't really remember what it what the progression was like before. But in this modern version, it's quite it's quite awkward. In its, I think they changed the progression of Starbound to be similar to this, but like the mod just makes it harder. Where it's just like you're you don't get as powerful as quickly. I don't think because you're like you're the power of your weapons is based on your armor because the armor actually buffs. So you don't have to replace your weapons as often because a lot of the damage of the weapons is based on what armor you're using. Right, so it so gives can, it a bit, gives it like a percentage boost. So you can try and use all the weapons that play the style you want more than. Yeah, and you don't have to worry about getting left behind in terms of weapon damage as quickly. Okay, you can just use the armors to compensate. But the trouble that I've been having in with this mod is there doesn't seem. The armor progression doesn't seem to be going up fast enough compared to like the difficulty of the stuff that we're seeing. But the other thing about this mod is it makes a or this mod pack is it makes a lot of stuff based more on you have to specifically equip yourself to the environment more. Yeah, interesting. So well, like so you have to have to spec for the job at hand. Yeah, and I feel like that's maybe kind of like like my another thing it adds is character specific traits like the, the race of the character you're playing has bonuses attached to it so my race has a bonus to pistols so i'm like okay i'm gonna use dual pistols as my main weapon and then i'm like okay so i can make this armor that also gives a bonus to pistols mm. so obviously you stack those up but then i'm like is that am i crippling myself too much because theoretically all the different armor sets at the level we're at should have about the same amount amount of armor so, like, the amount of damage I'm taking shouldn't change if I change to, like, an armor set that does rifles instead of pistols. Mm. But does that matter? Or do I? Need, or is my main problem that the pistols that I'm using are just generic and not, like, elemental? Like, should I be trying to get elemental pistols that, that I can then use to counteract whatever type of... If I'm on a fire planet, should I be using ice weapons because then the enemies there are likely to be weaker to ice yeah, or whatever? Yeah, yeah. And is, that, and is that just going to be generally more effective? Yeah, it's just like it's kind of hard to tell. Um, but, then, but then, what if you got a regular ice enemy and you're expected for ice? And well, it's like, oh no, am I screwed? I'm, I mean, I guess you just could carry a bunch of different weapons. Sure. Just switch them out as you come across different things. And then there's other things about Starbound, which is just like when you play it again, you remember how bad certain aspects are, like inventory management, even mm -hmm. with the mods that add. Like, there's a button where you can just click a button and it stacks anything that already exists in a container into it. Hmm. It's like, that's good. But the trouble is, there's no way to, like, just dump your inventory. So when I'm doing my cook, when are you... Because it's quite important to cook food, because you have a hunger bar, but also the food gives you buffs. Hmm. So when I'm trying to cook food, it's like, I go to my refrigerator, here's all my food, like, base food parts that I need to cook. So I hit the button that's take all, puts all that in my inventory. Then I go to the cooking station. Then I do whatever cooking I'm doing. You create your masterpiece. Yeah. And then it's like, okay, I need to put all these ingredients back in the fridge. 
but there's no button to do that. Mm. You have to individually shift click each one of the things that you that you use to take all buttons to get them all out. Yeah. There's no way to put them all back in. <laughs> there's a button that if they already existed, it would stack them, but that's not what you do. Because <laughs> you've taken everything. Because you've taken all of them out. Yeah. But, but you, you, I wonder if... Because you've modded Starbound before, right? A bit, yeah. Yeah, I wonder if this is, that, that, that would be a nice, simple button to add. You'd think but that surely it would already have existed with this other mod that does these other inventory buttons yeah. that already exist. It's like, it must have been something that couldn't have been done, because I'm not sure they would have already done it with this other mod that has the, the you know, inverse of that button, essentially. If you make it, we might get another email. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and there's, you know, there's other... The other problem that I realized like is super annoying about Starman is the difficulty levels between like regular and casual, where in casual it removes like the whole hunger mechanic. So, you know, that makes it too easy, I would say. Mm. But then in regular, the hunger mechanic is there, but it also makes it so that when you die, all your shit falls on the ground. And that's just incredibly annoying. Mm. <laughs> You're like, oh, I died somewhere on the surface of this planet. I better fucking run all the way back there to pick up all my stuff. <laughs> hmm. And there's no, there's no, there's no like turn that bit off option. You yeah, have actually. no hunger and keep all your stuff, or hunger and all your shit goes on the floor. <laughs> and it's just like, I'd really rather not, because it's just a like, it's not like a difficulty thing. It's just an annoyance. Right. So it's not like. The way that game works, like getting back to your corpse, would be particularly tricky. Or well, not if you're it's like if you've gone to a planet that's too hard and you've died like immediately, then that's easy to get your stuff back because you're usually close to where the spawn point is sure. on that planet. But if you've just like accidentally fallen off a cliff that was too high while you'd already taken some damage and then you died on like a relatively easy planet, then it's just mm. like oh god, damn it! Now I just have to walk all the way there yeah, again. Get all the way there. And, uh... <laughs> And not be injured this time. Yeah. And annoyingly, one like some stuff doesn't come out of your inventory, like your weapons, mainly, <laughs> which is nice. It's convenient. But one of the things that does come out of your inventory when you die is like all your medical supplies, like bandages and whatnot. Mm. So not only are you now spawning from the spawn point of the planet, you also don't have any of your health kits. <laughs> so now you either have to be very careful to get there without taking too much damage again, or you have to go and make some more health kits before you re redeploy to go get your stuff. And it's just like, this is a big pain in the butt. There's mm. no reason for this. Yeah, unless you're unless you organised to not like, always leave a stash of medkits behind or something. Or, <laughs> yes. Or never take all your medkits. No, just take exactly. One. And then, of course, you run into the classic Minecraft problem of like, the one thing you don't want to ever do is fall into lava. Because no, <laughs> then your shit falls out and burns. <laughs> and then <Yeah>. you're fucked. <laughs> then everything's gone. Enjoy. <laughs> Enjoy. <laughs> don't fall into the core of the planet. Actually, I'm not, I'm not sure everything does burn in Starbound. I think like a lot of stuff doesn't just get destroyed when it falls into lava. Hmm. If you're in the core of the planet, there's no bottom of the screen, so you yeah. can't actually go get it, even yeah, if it yeah. theoretically could have survived. You just go. <laughs> so yeah, we played that quite a lot. I thought something... We we played. Did you? Yeah. Uh with Kippers last weekend. Well Gnome was out and I was being made to paint paint rooms on, yeah. that, on that. You didn't one, talk the about one your day, Yeah. There's a thing there's a thing about being married, right? Where it's just like 
or, or being with someone for in a relationship for some period of time that it's like I'm sure everyone who who's in one of these will appreciate this. It's like there are moments where having time alone is a good thing. Yes. Right? You don't you sure. don't necessarily but but of course Loan was like, Yeah, I'm going away for a weekend with the girls. Well, if you don't mind painting the painting the bedroom a bit to, to tidy it up a bit while you're in, I'm like, God damn it. That's, that's a fairly big job you're gonna be to do like while you're out. And it's like so my weekend went went a little bit awry. Uh and I made things worse while painting. <laughs> but so so it was like after the first time doing I made somehow made it patchy. I don't know how I don't know how that's possible. Mm. The texture is like I managed to patch up the cut the, the bits that weren't that were discolored so they looked they look nicely more uniform, but then when the light catches it, the texture is all garbage. <laughs> so, I don't know. I made it worse. I was angry. So we got pizza in. Yeah. <laughs> and got kivers in. Good idea. And we, and we played some Rogue Stormers. Yeah. What on earth is that? His, his suggestion. Yeah, what on earth is that indeed? Um, it's sort of a co-op rogue-like platformer shooter. Throwing some more genre tags here. Yeah, it's vaguely like, it's vaguely like Rogue Legacy, but with shooter. Yeah, sort of, du- sort of dual stick shooting, I guess. <laughs> but you're moving around platforming, so you're running, and running and stuff. Yeah, and a boss, and it's randomly de- the, the layout of the levels is, is yeah being generated each time. There's um a bit of light progression in the, at the end of the stage. Your character gets a boost. For, ne- for the next run you do and you find random shit along the way yeah so it's, it's one of those and it's it seems like a fairly okay one of those but you know classically this wouldn't be me talking about it if I didn't have some nitpicks it's like I think the first one was the one that that Zach had as well and that this the visual style doesn't really work in its favor I think it's a bit busy hard to see sometimes where the enemies are where your shots are where how to distinguish your shots among your friends shots so you can see what you're shooting at. I think there are certain blood effects that just basically ended up smearing because so you couldn't see where anything was behind the things you'd killed. Mm. And it's like it's just a little bit of a mess. You know, and it's only it's sort of 2.5D and it's only running at 30 frames per second. So there's a little bit of a sort of clarity thing as if they'd gone like pixel art and it would have been nice and clear and stuff. Or even not pixel art, just done everything flat, probably would have been clearer. Um uh so yeah, that. There's also not. It doesn't seem to be a great deal of variation in the enemies that you're facing. Or uh, I, I will say one thing in its favour. Like while I'm while I'm in the middle of nitpicking, it's like like I think when I've been when I was playing Flint Hook fairly recently, the uh, some of the stuff in that when I thought the rogue-ish elements to it weren't all didn't vary enough. Right. You know, the things you picked up didn't feel crazy enough. The things are like, and at least in this, that does feel like there's more variation in the stuff you can pick up. It's like, oh hey, I've got a little bot that's following me around that it shoots stuff or that weird gun you had that created little spirals of bullets every now and then. That yes. there, were, there, was some, there was some weird stuff going on. And it's like, I can appreciate that. Or it's like, oh, it's like wow, there's a, hot, there's a double jump as a pickup. It's like, that's cool. That's actually useful. That's cool. Um, uh, so yeah, it had, had some of that element to it. So it's hard to be too rough on it in some ways because it's probably better than some other games. Uh, oh, but its progression is kind of screwed as well. I kind of thought we'd all sign in and all get a character no. and all have our progressions, yeah. but only the primary player gets progression and only on the character that they're playing as. So as you unlock more characters, you can't buff them in co-op sessions unless your teammates are 
unless the primary player is playing as that character. So you're only ever buffing one character each run, and it's like it's that seems like a bit of a failure. It's like maybe that's that. I reckon that's probably not how it works online. And this was just you would a, hope, yeah. And that this was just a crappy way of implementing couch co-op. Well, and you like maybe you can tell that as well by the fact that you only start with one character. So yeah, everyone yeah. has to be the same character to start with. Yeah, you would have a choice. But then when, once you get multiples, it's like, oh right, yeah, of course this progression isn't going to work, is it? So that seems somewhat badly thought through, honestly. Badly thought through enough to the point where I thought, should we be playing something else like co-op in this style? Like, is this actually a single player game? Yeah. <laughs> really? Um, there's probably better things we could play on in that style and everyone get progression and feel good about it. Mm, possibly. Neon Chrome. Remember when I talked about that? <laughs> I think that has better progression system. Um, anyway, yeah, that was that. That weird thing. Yeah. Add that to the list yes. of games we've played ever. I guess. <laughs> Wasn't exactly a checkbox we wanted to check, but all right, it's there now. <laughs> cool, yeah. Um, and then I guess I played some, that patch for Surviving Mars did come out. Oh yeah, yeah. So I went and thankfully it did actually manage to fix the save file in the save file for that weird multi- infinite rockets bug I was having. Yeah, with the with the mystery, which was nice. I didn't have to start over or even go back. It, it just lo- I just loaded the save that was like just before the last rocket had launched, and then it all worked. I had to redo the research to trigger the things to complete, but that was fine. Slightly inconvenient because I'd already done that research and the cost of the research increased each time you do it, so mm. <laughs> I had to do like extra long versions of that research. But that was fine. We could at least finish it all off. Yes. And it turned out it didn't matter anyway because, I, contrary to what I thought, there wasn't an, even an achievement attached to that specific mystery, because I think that was one of the easy ones and I think only the medium and hard ones have achievements. So it didn't matter that like, you couldn't complete that rocket. Yeah, yeah, but you know now. Yes, exactly. You know. And also I took you that... You feel good inside. I took that... Because that save had been going so well anyway. I was like, I can take this as an opportunity to do some of the other achievements, maybe. Some of the late game progress achievements, building the wonders and all that stuff. So I haven't quite finished or got as far as I probably could. And I also did have a chance to experiment with the tunnels and connecting the domes and stuff. Because actually I'd sort of been planning for that. I don't know if I... I guess, yeah, I guess I must have known about the tunnels coming before I even started this game. Because up to this point in the game, I'd only been building the smallest kinds of domes. I'd have been building, like, multiple of them Mm. and having them quite specialised. So that was still working with the people walking between the domes. But I was like, I've been planning ahead for like, at some point, I'm just going to basically demolish all of the stuff that I've built up to this point pretty much and just build new big domes and like connected domes and move everybody into them. So I started doing that and it worked pretty good. The dome connection thing is kind of nice, although I still didn't plan well enough. I was like, I only, surely I only need a small dome for the child dome where all the schools and nurseries are going to be. The child dome? <laughs> But it turns out you don't need just a small dome, you need a slightly larger than a small dome, so I probably have to build a secondary one. Two child domes. Yep. Double dome. dome. But yeah, apart from that, it's the, the only 
problem with this patch versus this save file is it looks like, as far as I can tell, some of the stuff that got added in the patch doesn't automatically go into old save files. Mm. There's meant to be like a new kind of storage depot and something else that I've forgotten. Oh, I see what it means. So if you've started a game without them, they're not going to just become part of the list of yeah. stuff you can Like, do. the tunnels appeared, mm. but for some reason this new storage depot, oh, and it's there's the end game thing where, like, you get these special buildings which basically don't have any function except for people to work in them. They're, like, artist studios and stuff. It's, like, basically the culture where, like, mm. once you've got through the struggle of surviving, now you can have people doing non-survival-based jobs, mm. like being artists and musicians and stuff. And then, like, the end game goal is, like, get 40% of your population just working not in, in <laughs> jobs that you need to survive. And that's how you win, essentially. But those buildings don't appear to get, be in a safe file either. Mm. I'm not entirely sure. I'm not 100% sure that that's the case because it's possible that those might not unlock until you finish the tech tree. Oh, I see. Because right. that would make sense. Yeah. Like, you wouldn't want anyone anyone not understanding that that's what those buildings are for than, mm. like, wasting resources building them too early or whatever. Maybe. I don't know. So I might see about that. But, yeah, definitely it seems like the storage depots aren't there because they're meant to have a technology in the tech tree to, to unlock them and it doesn't appear to be there so i'm not going to get those which is a shame because i've got a ton of storage stuff stored all over the place big, mm. basically i started because when i made these new specific domes that were for specific things like this is the food dome it's like here's my massive storage files just multiple storage files of just food Whereas if I had these new storage areas, you could probably just build one. It'd be all good. But no, have me annoyed by ridiculous multiples of the storage pallets. Not that I necessarily need to store that much food. Always the problem I have with... It's, it's a problem that the game sort of has with like telling you about food, which is that you can look in... When you look in the resource list and you're like, okay, if, we, if I hover over the resources, it tells me more detailed information. And it's like... If you look at, say, metal, it's like, here's how much you produced, here's how much you used, here's how much was used on maintenance. And it's like, okay, so I can see if that's in balance or not. But we, but that's, that is based on the last day. So when it comes to food, where it takes like five days for the food to grow, and it creates a huge pile of food at the end of that period, instead of like a per day, it's not really very helpful to see like how much food you used and produced in the last day because that is not actually how much you would have been producing on average over a day. Sure. Yeah. So then you basically have to do the maths yourself to try and work out whether you've got enough food or not. So in the end, you might as well just overproduce and make a shit ton of storage areas because <laughs> <laughs> it's easier than bothering to do maths. But it would be <laughs> nice if the game just gave you a more useful, you know, number mm. but then maybe that is it one of those things that perhaps diminishes the, the strategy not or? really because it's yeah. not like it doesn't tell you the it doesn't it's like it, here's the how many days this crop takes to grow and here's the yield or the predicted yield at the end of it mm. which is modified by like if you've got biologists working the farms you get and a then, bonus yield or whatever and then right there you have an indicator that says how much food you actually need is that like overall or well you don't really know how much you need apart from seeing that in the last day I used this much because basically everyone has to eat every day so you, oh, <laughs> that number is functionally how much you need yeah, per day yeah, yeah, I got you. 
So you can just basically do the simple maths and be like, this crop takes five days to grow and it produces this much. So divide that much by five. And then that tells you how much per day. So that tells you how many of those you need. But then you've got crop rotations to worry about where the different crops make different amounts of food. Mm. And because you want to do a crop rotation to maintain the soil quality or whatever, technically you don't have to do that. It seems like you could probably get away with just, you kind of have to. Because all the, potatoes all the time. Well, it's like the soil starts off at 50% effectiveness. So then you just grow, grow whatever one of the crops you have available that increases the soil quality. Just do that over and over until it reaches 100 and then just grow something that doesn't affect the soil quality forever. Okay, You can probably get away yeah. with that. <laughs> it's only if you want to grow something that is detrimental. Yeah, if you want to get bonus food. So you can like alternate apple trees and potatoes which do plus 10% and minus 10%. <laughs> so you can get the slight bonus, but then that makes the maths more complicated. So maybe you could just not bother and just and grow should, wheat forever. I, I assume there isn't any satisfaction rating. No, like, so that's another should... reason that they... So if you, were, if you were growing apples and potatoes, it's like, oh, that's interesting. We've got a good, good, we've got a good combination to go with a nice pork. And a bit, nice bit of pork. If you had just potatoes and it's like, We've got nothing but bangers and mash forever. <laughs> not even bangers. Not even bangers. Not even banger buns. There's no meat Banger on buns. Milk. It's all vegetables. Is it? Yeah. That's the point. What can you do with all those children? No <laughs> <laughs> cannibalism. Except for unless you love lots of green, of course. Absolutely. That's a breakthrough tech, but one of the random extra techs you can get. Nice. Like where people, when people die, you just get some extra food. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. Although... I think that was the other reason that I wanted to continue this one specific save is because the ra- like the random breakthrough text that I got on this run turned out to be like maybe way too powerful. Like I got I got the soil green, which is kind of irrelevant because I already had so much food. But I also had the one where it's like people eat twenty five percent less, so it's like that makes my food supply even more ridiculous. <laughs> and I got both the there's two separate technologies that makes pipes and cables like no longer need maintenance, and I got both of those. Nice. <laughs> so, like, my whole pipe and cable network, I can just do whatever the fuck I want with pipes and cables and not have to worry about it. Because normally, like, the larger network you make, the more prone it is to malfunctions and the more resources you have to spend on the maintenance. Sure. But now I don't have to worry about that. <laughs> it just turns that off. Hmm. So I was like, oh, well, that's good as well. And there's a couple of other ones. Where, oh, I got the one... I got the technology where people no longer retire. They just work until they die. So I didn't have to bother about what I usually do, the retirement dome and all that stuff. Mm. I was like, oh, don't have to worry about that any longer because everyone just continues working. <laughs> it was like, well, that's convenient as well. So basically this save, I kind of feel like I got a really, really nice combination of the breakthrough text that made it quite easy at a certain point. Where I just got re- like reached a certain technical where I was just like, oh, now, now I don't have to worry about all this inconvenience that I usually would have to worry about. The retirement dome. Retirement dome. Care centre dome. Of course, that was the other reason I was... The care home dome. Why why I was hoping for the tunnels, because that also, you know, school dome, retirement dome, university dome, that makes that much easier. You just have them branch off the main dome and have the main dome have all the services and then have the people from the... I like the word dome. Yep. It's also quite satisfying to say. (laughs) It's not a B. It's just a B. Perhaps I should... Perhaps when we design the uh, Banger Bun restaurant... It's a dome. It should be a dome. Dome. It should be a dome. Bang a dome. Bang a bun dome. <laughs> Bang a bun dome. <laughs> That's cool. So yeah, there was that. Um, you know, <laughs> may continue doing runs on that for the achievements. I feel like maybe I need to think about playing in some of the more dangerous areas. 
because this this one run that I was doing specifically, the ru- run with Russia, Russia is like one of the hardest mission sponsors. Mm. So I specifically chosen a really easy map to like counter it. But I feel like maybe, you know, maybe that's too easy. <laughs> maybe I do need the occasional disaster to actually shape things <laughs> up slightly. Sure. <laughs> the odd um, accidental total recall incident. Yeah. Exactly. Meteors hit the dome and then you, all the oxygen goes away. No, no. Arnie's come to visit. Yep. Travel. Like, there's stuff that I haven't even seen. Like, supposedly, if a meteor hits a fuel depot, it actually explodes. Hmm. Like, it doesn't just destroy it. It destroys stuff in the vicinity because there's a huge fuel explosion. Yeah. I haven't actually seen that happen. I haven't actually seen a dust storm because I never chose anywhere with dust storms because dust storms seem really inconvenient because they basically turn off your solar panels. For the duration of the dust storm. So you kind of have to not build solar panels as much. Or at all, ideally. Build wind power instead. Invest in wind. Yep. So there's that. Uh, build another truck. And there's one more thing. Which I kind of already forgotten. So yeah. I guess that wasn't that important. <laughs> Wherever it was. Wherever it was. Away. Although I've said that before and it ended up being CFP. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which I haven't played anymore, no. by the way. No. Yeah, I can't remember what it was, and I feel like it was actually something different. Oh, there was a there was a new patch to that Rise of Ruin, Rise to Ruins. Oh um, yeah, yeah. The little like half tower defense, half village building mm. thing. The aim of that patch was basically to reduce the amount of stress it puts on your system by basically. massively reducing the number of units but making each individual unit more powerful including your villagers as well so like each individual villager can now carry multiple items at the same time so that counteracts the fact that there's less of them sure (laughs) and that kind of stuff same with the monsters there's less of them but they do more damage and have more health and whatnot didn't actually seem to help though i got to the point where it was still kind of like every night when all the monsters started spawning it was like this is still kind of slowing down a bit (laughs) So I don't know whether that really helped or not. Mm. And it also altered a few of the other systems, like how the monsters actually spawn and like build. Monsters basically build a base now instead of just randomly appearing spawners on the map. So you could go get it. So they have like an area that they spread out from over time and more of their spawners start appearing within that zone. Right. It gradually increases. Is that something you can deal with? I don't really know. Like some of your buildings have corruption resistance, which should theoretically prevent the corruption from spreading in that zone. But I don't know what exactly you do to push it back up. I mean, maybe if you destroy the enemy buildings, that undoes the corruption. Mm. Kind of hard to tell. What, a bit like the um, Zerg creep? Yeah. Kind of along those lines. So that. I don't think there's anything else popping rocket league. I There's nothing that made you say all units. No. Okay. Local units. <laughs> local units. Uh, I guess it's my turn then. Oh yeah. wait, I remember. Or... I remember the one <laughs> shot, one last thing, which is always oh, yes. for transferring into Dan. I guess. Oh, like, a segue game where you, I played more Zelda, obviously. Oh, of course. Yeah. <laughs> got through Death Mountain, so now I've only got the desert to go. And you know, I've got like, like nearly a hundred shrines, so I'm pretty much good there okay. as well. Yeah. Oh right, Same okay. You're nearly there. Yeah. Then, then I can actually do the DLC. 
<laughs> After all this time, do the Champions Balance. I haven't even started yet because I haven't done the Fortified Beasts. In Master Mode? Yeah, in Master Mode. And I feel like I've got to the point in Master Mode where I'm actually equipped well enough to deal with most things. Mm. Like, I was just I was just killing Lionels to get parts to upgrade the Barbarian armor. I was like, yep, this is bearable again. I haven't actually seen a gold one yet, though. So I've only seen silvers. Not that that will probably make it any more difficult, really. It'll probably just have more health. <laughs> just be longer, probably break a few more weapons. Yeah, exactly. Well, I've not played the Zelda DLC because I've been playing my PlayStation instead. <laughs> yeah. How's that Uncharted treating you? Good, yeah. It's still, like, ridiculously good looking. I don't know how they managed to put so much effort into all the environments and stuff. Like, I kept thinking, oh, this game's got to be really short, right? Because everything looks awesome. But no, it's carrying on, <laughs> which is good. Um, and the story is developing, which is cool. It's still yeah, said, like I said last time, those games are always surprisingly long, aren't they? Yeah. They're a little bit longer than you thought they're going to be. Than you expect, yeah. So so it's good good amount of meat. And of course this one has like vehicles, unlike the previous ones. So mm. um so had fun driving around in the four by four and and then so now the sequence got a boat. we saw it saw E three. You know, that's all yeah. Yeah, there's that one. Sequence, yeah. yeah, well, there's like an earlier one where you drive around like quite a large area, which like is kind of weird because it kind of feels open world, even though it it isn't. And so you're mm. like, con- well, if you're like me, you're constantly thinking, where's where's the edge of the world? And yeah, they yeah. disguised where should, where should it really well. Yeah, exactly. But it makes it fairly clear. But like, it's like drive up to an enemy encounter, obvious enemy encounter zone, and do that stuff. And the stealth stuff in it is a little bit better than in previous games. Like, it's not bad. You've got like long grass now to hide in and pull enemies into and stuff. Mm. And I think the stealth is better than the actual combat. The I don't understand why they can't get the shooting a li- just a little bit better. Like for some reason, like the the guns are just too inaccurate to actually have a satisfying like if i keep thinking all the time like if i only had the like halo pistol <laughs> mm. i'd be blowing these guys away right now but now i can barely shoot them when they're right in front of me it's very annoying um and then later on of course i remember from uncharted 2 oh yeah you get enemies that are like armored and they're basically like tanks yeah uh, like they're slow moving and then they take a lot of hits and it's like this is a bit silly uh but i guess it works um, I mean, it makes sense in terms of the action movie type thing. Yeah, but then, then I, I'm Except just like usually okay. an action movie has like one of these guys. Yeah, exactly. And this has got like multiple. But generally, you can just like run around and uh, uh, and run rings around them, basically, uh, rather than trying to uh, trying to do the cover shooting with them is doesn't doesn't work so well. Mm. Uh, Unless but, yeah. at the end of a train, you have to get there. Yeah, and then you're in, <laughs> you're in trouble. Um, yeah, I haven't had any trains yet, but uh, uh, what there is is it's been it's been pretty good. Yeah, it looks crazy. Uh, yeah, and then the other thing was um, I got Wipeout, like I was saying, hey. that I wanted to, and uh, yeah, that's pretty great. I it, it I mean it collects all the best Wipeout games, right? In many ways, it's got Wipeout well, HD. It collects two of them technically. Technically, well, it's got HD and Fury and twenty forty eight. Yeah, Fury was effectively the add-on to Wipeout. It's yeah. So I guess yeah. it's got Pure and some of Pulse and twenty forty eight, right? Is that no, right? uh, well, maybe. Yeah, HD was 
Uh, the original the original Wipeout HD was was in itself a sort of greatest hits. Yeah, which, exactly. With some, with some new stuff, but uh, most yeah most of it were tracks from previous games. Um, right, exactly. Uh, from I, I think from quite a long way back in some cases. Like so, this is like a greatest hits of a greatest hits kind kinda, of thing. Yeah. So in some ways, it's like a really good package. Um, there's definitely tracks missing though from those old games that I would have liked to have seen, but. Um, Overall, there's quite a lot of tracks in this because it's a collection of so many different games. Mm. And the 2048 stuff is pretty good, I have to say. Yeah, it's Obviously. weird, isn't it? Because it's quite different. Yeah, it's quite different. Like, it's more they, they... kind of F1 feeling, I guess. That's the idea. Like yeah. Smaller ships but... and stuff. But the handling is, like, it's quite nice. I quite like it. Um, I think I do think it's strange. I, I, I think we. I was a little disappointed when I found out that that game, like, straight up segregates that stuff, though. Oh, it does. Yeah, you, yeah, you, yeah. You can't, you can't take... Like the the HD Fury cars onto a twenty forty eight no. track and things no, like that. Can't. It's like the, the the mechanics don't work out that way. No, no, they're like quite different. Uh, but that's okay. You you just flick between the games basically, which mm. is works quite well for quite a lot of variety. And they each have like zone modes, and they have slightly different combat modes as well. Uh, like um, twenty forty eight's got slightly different combat mode. Although I'd rather just do the races to be honest. And and with the mm. With the like elite skill enemies or whatever, like they're, they're pretty hard, um, even on the lower tiers, like speeds. Um, yeah, it, 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 it's not it's not like you're playing vector or something, and you're definitely going to win the race immediately. Win by like, miles, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not like that at all. So that, that, that I've had I've had to like restart, especially because there aren't that many laps on the earlier stuff, so you have to win from the back quite quickly. Yeah. yeah. So it's, 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 I, I think in those, from what I remember in the old games, is like is is sometimes fairly dependent on the game giving you decent amounts of the boost power. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, the boost power up is ridiculously good. But th- there's a lot of boost pads in the twenty forty eight. Like there's a lot that yeah. you'll miss, and uh, it's quite hard to hit them all. So um, that actually does make quite a lot of difference. And it's very frustrating when you just skirt the edge of a boost pad and don't hit it. Which yeah, it's quite a lot. Uh, I and also, I you... some some of the visual style on twenty forty eight actually made that sometimes a little un- unnecessarily hard because the little bit harder, aren't yeah. quite so obvious as they have They're been not. in previous ones. Not quite, yeah. But the sound design is amazing. Like when you hit them and mm. stuff, and 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 especially when like like uh, the you know your rival um, ships come up beside you and stuff, like the three D sound or whatever is the, mm. the general engine sounds and stuff in that are really good. Um, so I was impressed by that and the other thing is the soundtrack in the game is pretty good but obviously limited right you're not going to yeah, have all the it, stuff it's, yeah it's, it's, it's a bit of a shame because some of the, the what I would call the heavy hitters from hmm. the HD and Fury soundtrack have are noticeably missing missing right um, however some, some, most of the noisier stuff for instance is gone Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, mm-hmm. that's a shame. I'm a big fan of Noisia, so it's like that's 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 a kick for me. And it's and even with all of them, when they have really good soundtracks, like they get start to get repetitive after a while. Obviously, oh sure, playing yeah. a lot of the game. However, I was impressed by how easy it is on the PlayStation Four to remedy this by installing the Spotify app, and it actually integrates really well. Like the game knows, it's like the old Xbox 360 oh, stuff. Cool. Like the... So it's like stopping and starting tracks and well, it all nice. Or well, is it just that... playing. It is just playing, but at least it doesn't. It doesn't really matter too much when it's playing over the loading screens and the menus in Wipeout. Like having it playing continuously isn't actually that bad. No, uh, for Wipeout, it's kind of ideal. And in, in fact, I think like 
Wipeout 3, I think, actually just, just straight up just did that. Just like did it, never, that yeah. it, just, it just always had the music playing. So the upshot is like all you have to do is the only thing it doesn't have is like music effects or whatever, where it like, um, you know, when a weapon goes off, it actually changes the oh, EQ course. and yeah. stuff. Um, because but, it has a, a flying through the air high pass, doesn't it? And, yeah, as well. and, which is cool. So that's gone. But it does mean you can just all you do is you go, you install the Spotify app, you go on Spotify and you look for the three wipeout playlists that they seem to exist one of them's an official one and one of them just has like 400 tracks of wipeout music basically and goes for like 250 hours or something or however long it is um and just stick that on shuffle or whatever and you're not never going to run out of wipeouty music really so uh, that actually works really well um and the, the yeah the official playlist on spotify from this Omega collection has licensed stuff that they couldn't license for the game, but you, if you're paying for Spotify, then they can add that to a and playlist. They, right? they could just make a playlist, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Awesome. So that, that oh, wait, so if you're really paying, well. they can only do that if, they're, if, you're pa- if you're a subscriber, so a free user couldn't access that. I think that's playlist. true, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I'm a Spotify subscriber personally, so yeah. that works out well for me. But I don't know yeah, if there's an equivalent. There might be an equivalent app for, for, I don't know, Apple Music or whatever else you're using, but if you have Spotify like me, then it actually works really well and you can even control it from using spotify connect which is the thing where every spotify app can control whatever's playing with on your account which is pretty good so i could actually pl- play and pause and skip tracks on my phone for example while playing and while it's huh. coming out of the playstation that's a cool works. feature it's a cool feature of Spotify in general. Like, think yeah. about it. I have like my PC, my my phone, my iPad, and then I've got two Sonos speakers and the Google Chromecast thing, and now the PlayStation. And I can sort of control playback from each of them on each of them. Yeah, uh, which is pretty cool. Yeah, it's neat. Yeah. It's basically doing the Apple Music thing, but amongst just it's just in an app, right? Exactly, than... exactly. It works so, so, really well. Does it do the thing? Uh, does it allow you to do the syncing thing? Because that's always the, like I love that stuff where it's like, hey, I want all my devices to be playing it in sync everywhere. I think you just select a source, so it doesn't play from two at once that right, I've I seen, see, but I maybe see. you can. Uh, you just change like the my, source. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, my NAS. NAS Drive supports something similar from the app, like you say, "Hey, go!" But it does it, it. It's it's all sort of AirPlay connected, my thing. So it's like a like a, right. I can still do the multiple sources thing. I just can't do that from the app. I have to have defined what those multiple sources are on my NAS Drive and basically just pick everything. <laughs> yeah, and then just uh, so so yeah, that's that sounds that sounds pretty cool. It's, it's like it's most of the way there. It's really good, actually. I really wish Netflix had the same feature because, like, if you play something on your in Netflix on a web browser or whatever, and then you open the app, it isn't aware that you're playing Netflix in the web browser. Where Spotify mm. cottons onto it, and and you and that would be so cool if you could control. The only way I can do it from my phone is I have to cast to the TV from the phone, and then it's aware. But even then, it sometimes loses the connection. You know, carries on playing on the TV, oh, but you can it? no longer pause it from the phone because it seems to have oh, got weird. Yeah, and it's like I don't have any of these problems with Spotify. So, and and I also find the Spotify app has problems. Like there's, there's stuff I don't like about Spotify interface, but uh, and also the app is really slow to start on my phone. But I think I just need a new phone. Um, but that part, the kind of Spotify Connect Synky thing, is really really good. 
anyway, yeah, Wipeout. Uh, it, yeah, it's a good time. Uh, it looks really good. Uh, I mean, you really play much of the HD and Fury collection at the time, did you? I mean, you played. Well, I didn't have a PlayStation yeah. Three. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I just had Pure and I'd Pulse on the PSP, and then I had. Yeah, and that was the main. That was my main time playing Wipeout. Um, so, but some of these tracks I know and recognise from that time that we're in yeah, yeah, HD. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah, absolutely, yeah, yeah. Some of the some of that busy UI stuff is a bit of a. It's still a bit weird, I think, in in HD. Yeah, theory, you know, the, the sort of UI, the, the sort of the HUD, the HUD, doesn't, yeah, doesn't doesn't really do much for me. No, um, I get a bit lost with the weapons on the HUD and stuff. Yeah, yeah, but it's but it's it's. I found myself in a somewhat irritating place. I remember playing that at the time because it was like, uh, yeah, that, okay, the HUD is very is a bit cluttered, not designed all that well, but it does show absolutely everything you'd want to see. You need to. And know, the yeah. original original version of Wipeout HD had the option to unlock the Wipeout Three HUD, right? Which was cool. really cool and 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 looks badass, but is yeah. actually missing some Useful visual stuff. elements. Yeah, and it was just like, ah, you know what? I I, I probably should play with the HD HUD. Like the the plasma blast graphics aren't that good. I don't know if that was true in HD because I remember them being quite dramatic in Wipeout Pure and stuff. Oh, in some of the earlier Wipeouts, yeah, yeah that was that was where they threw their effect budget. <laughs> yeah, like the frame rate dropped every time anyone used a plasma mm. blast. Because yeah. I think some of them had like the early like distortion effects on them and yeah. things like that. Like it would look like a, everything was sucking into it, and yeah, it would look really cool. weird. It was kind of cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so Wipeout. I'm glad I have that so I can play Wipeout whenever I want. <laughs> hmm. If I, yeah. I'm sure I probably won't go all the way through every campaign, you know, like um, in a in a row like this. I'll probably just keep dipping into it. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, it's but, good well, there's a good, there's a good chance they're not going to make another one anytime soon. So no, I think this is it for Wipeout probably. Yeah, um, yeah, but that's that's fine. It it it's a good one to end on. Yeah, it's everything. a really good one, and as I say, twenty forty eight is is refreshingly good. Yeah, you know, it's not bad. Given yeah, that so. you know, it wouldn't have had much of an audience on the Vita, so it's exactly. So it's good to get a good version of it that you can play. Mm. And those tracks look probably the nicest because they've been, you know, even though they were for the Vita, they have a bit more detail in and stuff because it's like mm. real world cities and stuff. Uh, to some extent, it's a looks a bit more like something like, uh, well, um. New York race, I guess. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. See what you mean? There's more of a parallel to what a city might actually be like, I yeah. guess, rather than some of the more abstracty stuff from, yeah, uh, yeah, from from actual, well, from the later Wipeout editions. There's a ridiculous number of ships in the 2048 roster because, like, every team seems to have like five, five different variants. Mm. There's like a, you know, everyone has like a more weapons-oriented one or a more speed-oriented one or whatever. That was sort of true of HD and Fury as well. There was like yeah. three. I think HD had three variants for each, um, for each of the main teams. But then yeah. Fury added another couple to that, um, and the Fury ones were just straight up upgrades, right? Yeah, um, which, is, which was a bit a little strange. And I think most of those are unlocked from the get go in in this package, which is a, a little strange. Yeah, um, well, all um, the twenty forty eight ones are locked, so I'm having to unlock those. But the HD right. and Fury ones seem to be a bit more, yeah, open. Yeah, because I think you had to. Most of them were just re- skins or something, or slight variations. But uh, yeah, they were like hidden unlock conditions for a lot of them, or they were loyalty unlocks. And, like, yeah. they had one of those systems. It's like keep playing with this guy forever, <laughs> and then you'll eventually get more stuff. <laughs> um, 
And eventually, I think I, I think you managed you unlocked the ability to play as like the zone version or or zone coloured version of those ships as well. So you got like a cell shaded one, which is kind of cool. Right. Yeah. I mean, the zone is kind of cool because like there's like the the zone in twenty forty eight looks different to the zone ones in in the HD. Mm. Although that that looks like quite trippy, to be honest. Like I can see why. I think they had problems releasing the game because of like seizure warnings and stuff, and they oh, had to turn really? it down. Yeah, apparently. Mm. Which I I don't blame people <laughs> for that. Yeah, mm. it went a little bit far, but still, it's a cool mode. And I think, and also, of course, the PlayStation controller D pad is the ideal way to play Wipeout. Um, it's just, I, I just, I actually, I'd want all digital really for Wipeout. So the analog, um, w- yeah, would I, you agree? Actually, yeah. I, actually, I don't know. Actually, I think I played stick, but oh, really? Oh, okay. Yeah. Hmm. I can't really remember. Oh no, I need, I think I need digital for Wipeout. Hmm. Um, uh, but you're having the Ridge Racer effect. Yeah. I would prefer to have like digital, um, um, yeah, um, bumpers actually for not bump for bumpers. What what they call triggers? Triggers. Yeah. But but never mind. It's fine. You can adjust the sensitivity on them. But I haven't had much luck changing that to anything else. It's mainly that the problem for the air brakes is the problem is doing the double tap of the. Oh yes. Yeah. yeah. I sometimes like come out of a corner after air braking and then want to do a double tap and it doesn't quite register, and that's kind of annoying. But I think maybe that's just me. Yeah, I don't remember really using that all that much. Yeah, I mean... Uh, on, the, it, on the PS3 version. I used to do it on the PSP. Obviously, that was all digital, so I think mm. that's what I'm used to. Still, cool beans. Yeah, cool beans. Wipe out. So, should, I will get... Should still be a thing. Shouldn't have closed that studio. <laughs> well, it's fine. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what else they would do at this point, so... Yeah. F-Zero. <laughs> F-Zero, yeah, exactly. <laughs> get hired by Nintendo. Except if Formula Fusion was anything to go by, no, don't get hired no. by Nintendo. Yeah. Apparently don't do it. Yeah. Okay, I guess that's me. Um, yeah. For the time being. Uh, well, we might be done then. Indeed. We um, might be done. And around the right time. Got any more uh, YouTube vids on the way? Well, given that I put Sonic Colors up last week, oh yeah, saw that, and I had originally got out, out ahead of myself and said, "Hey, Revolt's going up." It's like oh, Revolt's yeah. going to be the next one. Look out for Revolt. Um, That'll be good. Yeah, because Zach and I, well, we used our buffer last week. We didn't record anymore, so we're, we're yeah. going to we're going <laughs> we don't know what's coming after Revolt. No. Um, there's a there's some tricks apparently to getting Sonic Colors to run at 60 frames per second in the Dolphin emulator, so I might oh, give yeah. those a go. So you might see Sonic Colors better than it originally, <laughs> even better than it was originally. Improved speed and smoothness. Yeah, sweet. So so we might I might tinker around with that. And see how For that part comes three, out. right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, see. But check out part two now, listeners. Uh, I feel like we should probably get get on and make a Star Wars Episode One video. Well, it's sort of timely, right. except except it'll be a month later. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so one racer. Oh, I'd, I'd watch that. That'd be good. <laughs> um, I also would like to um, plug um, a friend's podcast. Oh yes, what? Uh, my friend David there has started a new podcast about Animal Crossing. So, Is he paying us? Uh, check it out on uh, on iTunes. It's called Ass Town. 
Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He had some trouble trying to get it into the iTunes store because they Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> but he managed to justify it, so it's on there. Are you sure this isn't porn? Uh, it's definitely not. In fact, it's much more safe for work than our podcast, I would say, because <laughs> it's been put together as like an actual like radio show, um, properly edited and everything. So I would, definitely, I would definitely check that Are out. Are you saying this is not pro- it's not pro- it's not pro- it's not it's, it's got a lot. <laughs> yeah. So uh, <laughs> check out Astown on iTunes or other places where podcasts are available. Um, I hope this plug works both ways, by the way. I didn't sign up to this. <laughs> I don't think it will, <laughs> but what? never mind. We shall see. Maybe it shall. Uh, yeah. yeah, check it out. Uh, it's good so far. This is beginning to feel like the time you shunned me with your Splatoon 2 players. <laughs> I haven't forgotten. Well, you know, I, I, I like a bit of online multiplayer, but I don't like going on too long. <laughs> That's my problem. I need to, need to go... I need to have bounds on it <laughs> basically <need> boundaries. yeah <laughs> if i play with you guys in seg it's like never needs to go to sleep so it just gonna go on forever yeah basically yeah that's i think basically i do have it. to tear myself away from rocket league yeah well, we, eventually we came to the conclusion that we had to implement the midnight rule in rocket league where you should just stop at midnight we regardless should. of what's going on we should yeah. we should but we don't we don't <laughs> yeah that would be no good for me i would need to be like the 11 o'clock rule <laughs> for me Sometimes that's when we start. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so that won't work. Anyway, never mind. Cool, right. Uh, check those out. Uh, and we'll be uh, back with another podcast in a couple of weeks. I don't know when E3 is. It's coming soon. Uh, like two or three more podcasts, right? It's got to be June, late June. Yeah, something like oh, that. Oh, it's quite late then. Okay, cool. When did you hear that Microsoft aren't doing any floor activity? at E3 mm. this year. So, like, <laughs> Late news from Rob from far away. Yeah, hang on. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come back from Mexico. I'm going to... Yeah, yeah they've got, they've, they're, done, they're not doing any like games on the floor. That, well, they, they've just basically said all their space is going to be for streamers and Mixer. <laughs> okay, but what are the streamers going to be streaming? Yeah, exactly. Like, it's... They're, 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 they're not... All Minecraft. Um, <laughs> yeah. I think there's... They've said they're probably going to do their own event at some point, a little bit like because everyone has to do their own. We got that, but but they're not going to give up their booth on the floor. Well, no, definitely because they'll never get it back. But yeah, it is it is a weird thing. They're not going to you know be there for realsies. We'll still well, get the show, which is all we care about. Yeah, and all our extended notes on the show, which you will enjoy. Full conference coverage, but we'll be back with a standard telecast uh, in a couple of weeks. Eurovision next week. Yeah, I thought I was coming up. Hell yeah. Looking forward Hell to yeah. uh, dissecting Eurovision with you, Rob. Oh, that's going to be great. It's going to yeah. be great. I'm so hyped. <laughs> Channel, Channel 5 had, had had a terrible when Eurovision goes horribly wrong show last night. Mm. Like, well, it was really bad, actually. But, you know, those shows always are. But... That show went horribly wrong. <laughs> Ironic. <laughs> Ironic. I'm Goodbye, done. listeners. <laughs> okay. Okay, good. <laughs> 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 <laughs>